Nerds International proudly presents. So this is our one-year anniversary um, show. Happy and birthday. Happy birthday, Nick. Happy and birthday. Basically, uh, listeners will remember that last episode we did have our, um, our new permanent host on the show, James Pumpkin. And um, sadly, he can't be with us on this this one after no. only being on it for one episode. <laughs> we scared him so much that he doesn't ever want to come back. <laughs> exactly. No, he's got some very, very bad personal shit going on at the moment. Yeah. But fortunately, through the medium of technology, we, he sent us these. Yes. Um, we've got some clips of him. Isn't that right, James? No. Um, uh, that means that <laughs> that means that throughout the show, it'll be like he's really here. Yep. <laughs> right, so that means that... Well, he's was, pleased. <laughs> so he's in a good mood. He's, yeah. Um, so it, you will not notice a single difference. It'll be like we've got the three of us here. Yes. <laughs> sorry, to, sorry, James. Is it true that uh, you like women's underwear? Yes. <laughs> Wearing them, he means. Yes. And um, are you a convicted rapist? Yes. Okay, good. Okay, there you go. That clears that up. All right, on with the RPG show. No. <laughs> Coming at you live from the back seat of a Bentley bearing the benefaction of bubblegum crisis, it's me, Nick Lambslice. And me, Harrison Hunt, aka Robert Litchford. And we are the Tabletop Twats. Wada wada. Yes. <laughs> and um, James agrees, good. And this is an RPG show all about tabletop RPGs. And we've got so many features for you today, ladies and gentlemen. We've it's got, shocking. Yeah, exactly. Um, we've actually got a new feature today coming mm-hmm. up first, which is the feedback side, which is a new feature because we got so much feedback about the last episode. And then we've got what you've been slaying. We've got the main subject, which this time is going to be GenLab Alpha. We've got the Chamber of Challenges. We've got Adventure Calls. we got Electro Letters. And then we've got the award-winning famous outro. Mm-hmm. But let's get into feedback about the last episode. The feedback side. The feedback side. The feedback side. The feedback side. The feedback section. The feedback section. So the feedback, uh, basically... <laughs> Do you like what we've done with that, James? It's pretty good. It's like feedback, but it's... Feedback side. Feedback you know? side. <laughs> good one. Thanks, mate. We worked a long yeah, and hard very good. on that one. Um, so, yeah, basically, on the last episode, uh, it was all about the Street Fighter... Um, RPG. RPG from White Wolf. Absolute which we, classic episode. Yeah, which we discovered halfway through was made by White Wolf. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think we learned quite a valuable lesson there. I mean, mm-hmm. well, actually, I already sort of knew this lesson already, but um, basically... <laughs> we had to learn it again. We had to learn it again. Peter um, very kindly came on and did a review of Street Fighter... Um, the Masquerade by White Wolf and uh, we learn you know do your research if you're going to review something or at least find out who made it yeah exactly you know um, exactly and uh, we posted this episode on Reddit and uh, got a lot of upvotes and we're really really um thankful for that yeah. and, but there were a lot of people on Reddit that were very scrutinous and we were really grateful for that because they, they really picked the episode apart and <laughs> things like this and, and left a lot of comments and this is why we've brought this um, segment about because yeah. we wanted to read out what, what people were saying and respond to it live on the radio show Absolutely, basically yeah. right um, so the uh, first bit of feedback comes from uh, a guy called Ross Wynn he says it was always my assertion that Street Fighter was actually the best storyteller game ever published Whoa. what 
what? Um, the mechanics and the setting work so well together, it's like they were made for each other. Come on, mate. Come on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. If you like the game so much, why don't you marry it? <laughs> you, you nutter. Um, you bibliophile. Yeah, I don't, know what's, I don't know what is wrong with this guy um, and who dropped him on his head when he was a kid, but, uh, you know. Um, anyway. I don't know about that. I mean, the, the thing is, it's it's a, the storyteller game... I never really saw it as much of a combat game. I never did at all. But mm. as I learned from reading a lot of these comments, apparently there was a, c- a whole combat book made for um, the Storyteller system, right? But ah. the thing is, if you need that book to make the combat good, to me that tells me that it's not really a game focused on combat unless you have that book. <laughs> so no, maybe the st- it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So maybe the Street Fighter game actually isn't the best storyteller <laughs> game ever made unless you have that book. So, you know, he's probably he's right because maybe he's got the combat book. But it's, I like, bu- it's I- like buying it's it's like buying uh, like a cricket set without a ball. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> like, it's my assertion that cricket's the best game ever made. Yeah, it is if you've got the right equipment. But I don't have a cricket set, so I don't particularly like playing it with just the knives and the, the shit that I've got in my house. Yeah, it's not Because knife it's not cricket's good. no fun. No, to be no fun honest. for anybody, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, the next one comes in from um, Stochtastic Life. He says, The World of Darkness combat book that resulted from this RPG was one of the best World of Darkness books ever made. Even if you didn't use it, it gave you a lot of ideas. I still have my copy of Street Fighter RPG. So yeah, basically following up on what I said, like, apparently that combat book was fucking incredible, but like... Like well, I said, in the original book then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you need if you need to bolster your combat in the game with a combat book, then fine. I, I think that that's kind of a necessary thing because you, in World of Darkness, that was um, realistically, to me, anyway, to me, listeners, please don't lynch me. Um, to me, it was a role-playing game first and foremost. Absolutely. I mean, it'd not be funny. If you went into a shop and was like, what's this game like, mate? It's like, yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's really good. And you're like, oh, wicked. So, like, you know, one of the things you ask, what dice systems you use, blah, blah, blah. What's fighting like? Ah, oh, well, yeah. The only thing about that is you need to buy that book for the fighting. Yeah, you'd be like, okay, so it's not really a combat game then. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are saying this combat book is amazing, basically, and it probably is. We'll have to get around but to it. But it's a separate book. supplement, you yeah, know? Okay. Exactly. That should have been in the original book. So that's why the Street Fighter RPG kind of probably isn't that good. So, yeah, the next one comes in from a guy called Zalmute, and he says, I have a few copies of the core, um, as in the core book, Street Fighter book, mm-hmm. plus Secrets of Shadowloo. I got it mostly because my brother bought it long ago. We never got a chance to try it. So the Secrets of Shadowloo book was a supplement they made afterwards. Um, I'd love to one day do a mini campaign taking place after Third Strike starring the PCs that are the students of the World Warriors that are now too old to compete themselves. Um, That actually sounds pretty cool. So Mm. like Ryu's an old guy in a wheelchair and he's like, this is how you do a Hadouken. Blank Blank has gone completely grey now. His whole body. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some characters didn't really have the best backgrounds or storylines. Blanca's canon background is really bizarre. There's no explanation as to why he turned green while he was in the jungle, how he learned his strange abilities. He just fought and was happy to back- get back to his mama. Compare that to the American take on the story where Blanca was Guile's friend that ended up being captured by Bison and experimented on. I think I'd actually prefer the American one, truth be told. What were we talking about again? Oh yeah, point is, Street Fighter stories weren't the best. But where the video games were a means to an end for fighting, the storytelling game can make something more from what was given. A a minimal structure can be improved upon, and a good story would probably be easier to make 
after the fact than having a fantastic story and trying to fit a passable system. I think the system is there, but the fun comes from making the story from what we have. So I guess what he's trying to say is that because it, although we kind of slagged off the fact that the story in Street Fighter sucks, mm. uh, it, it, although we kind of slagged off the story in Street Fighter and said, oh, shit, you know, why make an RPG of it? He's saying, yeah, but you could make something more of it because it's an RPG. But then... If you're trying to be um, faithful to the source material, um, Mr. Zalmute, then I suppose, realistically, the story's going to be shit. Yeah. It can't so, be that good. He never played it. I Yeah. Good point. Um, and I, <laughs> Yeah, good point. But like, I think what I would do is I would make it a comedy game if yeah. I was to run it. Yeah. And I would keep the story shit like in the original. Like I'd be like... I would have Blanca come back from the jungle and be like, why are you green? He'd be like, I don't know. What just happened? Look at me. Somebody must have fallen in some paint or something. Now I make electric and can't talk properly. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And it's electric. That's kind of annoying. But it helps because I don't pay for electricity. And look at this hair. (laughs) I I don't know. Like, yeah, I think that... But the thing is, I I replied to him on Reddit and I said he basically hit the nail on the head because, I don't know, there there are many things that kind of like kind of shitty as source material that mm-hmm. would be great to play as an RPG. Yeah. I said before on this podcast, Power Rangers is a great example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the story, when you look at it, is so dumb. But it'd make uh, a great game. It would make yeah, a cracking great game. game. And Flash Gordon is another one that's yeah. such, so dated. But when I played it as an RPG, I, I had such a blast. Mm-hmm. And he's, he makes such a good point here where you could build on it. Um, if you wanted to cut out the bullshit and make it serious, you could. And if you wanted to um, keep the bullshit in but have such a great laugh of your mates, yeah. you could. yeah. My biggest gripe with this Street Fighter RPG was um, the system, so mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But he makes an extremely good point. Yeah, you could totally build on it and make something good out of it and really enjoy it with your friends. So, yeah, very, very good point there, Zal Mute. Thank you very much. Next one's in from Dr. Colossus 1. Great name. He, um, Yeah, well, he's the first Dr. Colossus. <laughs> no no imitations. No. Number one. Dr. Colossus 2 was, was a pale imitation, and I'm glad that he died in that uh, space battle. Yeah, me too, actually. So keep it real, Dr. Colossus 1. In a similar vein, our gaming group had a friend who found all the vampires and werewolves and such to be pretty silly. So he rolled up Armoured Division, the masquerade for him. <laughs> okay, it's blowing him. stuff up with tanks and, com- and combined arms, but with lots of feelings and sense of doom. Okay. Feelings and sense of doom. It's got feelings, but it's got but sense also of doom. Sense, that's what you want. I mean, that is that is that's a great quote, isn't it? So he literally he he was just like you know he saw the Street Fighter RPG. It's like it's got it's got the sense of doom, but it hasn't got the feelings. We need to put some feelings in this. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah, he's he just he took one look at vampire and went, "It's not for me, mate." It's, he, he look. He, I like the masquerade, but get rid of the vampires. So what do you want to change it for? Doom oh, division. Doom. Yeah, some doom. <laughs> put some doom in there, mate. Love it. Very yeah, good. Very Next nice. One. Next one comes in from Deep Thor. He said, We had an impromptu arcade tournament a few years back, and for fun, I made my copy of this, the prize, on the caveat that the winner ran a session. He never followed through. <laughs> what, you need the book and never, never yep. done nothing? <laughs> See, all of this is adding up to me. Like, a lot of people came on the Reddit defending this fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. All of this is adding up. Everyone's saying, Oh, fuck you, you were wrong. But I've it never played it. I've never played it, but it was- <laughs> Fuck it, it's brilliant. <laughs> uh, yeah, and another guy follows up, scroll break, and he says, I remember grappling being OP. 
No explanation. He just says it was OP. <laughs> so he's played it. And we, yeah, well, at least he played it. At least he played it. But he just says it was OP. <laughs> then we got another guy, a damp devil. Ooh. Now, this guy actually seems like he knows his shit. He says, I've got everything that was published by White Wolf back in 94, 95. They were mistaken. This is talking about us. Okay. They were mistaken that M. Bison, Vega, and Sagat didn't get published. They were printed in Secrets of Shadowloo. Oh. Now, that's bullshit, a damp devil. Um, you're a great guy. Thanks for um, getting in touch. But we never said they weren't published. No, actually, Peter did say they weren't published. So thanks, Peter, for dropping us right in it. <laughs> but um, no, we never said they weren't published. It's just that we they, said weren't they weren't in, in the that book. in that book, exactly. Which is a huge misstep because if you're publishing Street Fighter the RPG and three of the main fucking characters aren't in the especially first book, bad guys, come on, exactly. If so yeah, they get straight. So they so they stripped they, they stripped, stripped the combat out and then sold that in a separate book. They then stripped the best bosses out and put that in a separate book yeah to me that's not a Street Fighter RPG sorry if it doesn't doesn't if if you're stripping out um, main content to sell it in a separate book Mm. I think that's a piss take to be honest with you naughty one now uh, fine we uh, Peter was wrong it was printed in a separate book Mm -hmm. we'll hold our hands up and say that no, actually, I'm not holding my hands up. He I didn't say not- nothing, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he made a mistake there. Fair enough. But, um, yeah, I- I- I'm a bit embarrassed about that. But, yeah, it was printed, you're right, but it wasn't in that main book. And I think that White Wolf took the piss a bit there, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, but they've got a history well. of doing that. What's popular? Street Fighter? All right, bang one of them out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, the thing is, they've got a history of doing that because they'll reprint later versions of, like, like other editions of Vampire. Yep. And they'll strip out certain things that like certain um, clans that they know people want for ah, example so they know they go by the source book yeah so they'll have like they'll have one edition that doesn't have the Samedi in it and then one edition that does have the Samedi in it or uh, something like this so, things like this so yeah and then he says I haven't a clue where the Kami scenario they mention in the podcast is coming from the scenario in the book is called High Stakes and is set in Las Vegas blah 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 it's all about Bullrog Anyway, uh, that scenario that we mentioned with Cammy pretending to be a little girl and um, skiing, yeah, um, that was in the book. I looked it up and I found it and I sent it to him. It's just before character creation, I think, if I recall correctly. But yeah, I did follow this up on Reddit and I sent it to him. I did find it. It's absolutely tiny, so yep. I, I can see why he missed it. But yeah, it was definitely it is in, in the there. book. Um, yeah, and he's, he tells us about this... Um, scenario involving Bullrog this in uh, Vegas called High Stakes that sounds fucking awesome so yeah mm. this guy really knows his stuff and then he says the current SF RPG site the one that James found during the podcast yep. is actually a fan site ah. that's why it's still being updated to this day Got ya. White Wolf aren't updating it because Jesus Christ why would they yeah, so yeah they're very good um, uh, oversight on James's part there but yeah he's right SF RPG is a fan made site rather than something official although it is well done and mm. yeah good, very good point we're still working on it so good luck to him so yeah thank you very much for that a damp devil um, yeah we're only mucking about um, but yeah thank you very much for getting Thanks. in touch yeah definitely we appreciate and it and then we got one more bit of feedback from Matt Stark <laughs> who says wow where did that soundbite of Eric come from ha 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 <laughs> so um, yeah uh, he what he means is this soundbite here fuck your mom straight in the shit type and that is um, a soundbite of Eric from the Wild Die podcast so I'd recommend going and listen to that podcast because he's usually a very calm collected guy I don't know what he was thinking and you won't hear that over there no (laughs) (laughs) but that's all the feedback from the last episode Keep we're feeding ho- our backside. We keep, love it. Keep feeding the backside. We're hopefully going to keep that segment going. Um, we really like it, actually. And um, 
If you've got any feedback on this episode, be sure to send it into tabletoptwats at gmail.com. Yes, please. Or get in touch at facebook.com forward slash tabletopt or get in touch on Google Plus. Or Twitter. Exactly. So, um, without further ado, let's get into what we've been playing with what we've been slaying. Yes. Oi! <laughs> 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 Yeah, what you slaying? So, uh, yeah, what have we been playing this week, Nico? We have been playing Bubblegum Crisis, and I've got to say, it's one, it was one of the funniest episodes I've played in a long, long time. My sides were hurting the next day for I laughing don't think so much. We've ever had a session where we laughed so hard oh, we had to have God. a break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just couldn't carry on playing. Oh, sure. Um, it was fantastic. I think anyone listening, it's going to be one of those moments. You know when, uh, you, you know you have those moments where you, you tell a joke to somebody and you go, oh, you had to be there. Yeah. It's like a get out clause for a shit joke. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be one of those, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? The listeners are going to hear it and go, that's it's not funny. funny. <laughs> yeah. You really had to be there, but, but it, um, it was very good. Let's start at the beginning. Yeah. Because basically... Um, uh, long-term listeners of of this show will know that we're playing a uh, mecha game set in uh, a futuristic Tokyo, mm-hmm. and um, the the team are investigating these um, attacks from helper robots called Boomers who have gone rogue. Um, but at some point, all the Boomers just upped and left, formed a big machine um, that was ball-shaped and the size of a moon that yep. flew up into the sky, um, sent to the city people of Tokyo you have three days and then people, that was it people thought this meant the apocalypse and have now started rioting yep absolute pandemonium now amongst all this rioting uh, they the um, team the party were trying to get their hands on this um, mech uh, research that they knew was available mm-hmm. um and belonged to an old friend of theirs. So they knew where the lab was, they knew where the mech research was, and they knew to go and get it. The only thing is, is when they returned to their lab, they found that two people, or four people, had already got their hands on it. Yeah, they had raided, they had, they had breached our armory and taken our mech suits. Yeah, exactly. And those mech suits were custom built mm-hmm. for them as well. Mm-hmm. So it was a big fat fatty, a tall guy, an old woman, and uh, this young looking kid in a suit. Now, it's worse when, when you find out what they are. <laughs> yeah, so they they basically had this. Um, now uh, people might actually recognise this name because this is based on something that I know because I thought these would be fun characters to insert in the game. Mm-hmm. They got into the uh, their their sort of um, phone shop, which is their base. It's a big building in central Tokyo, and um, they got in there and they found the graffiti fist shark rules. Yeah. Now I want people to email me or, or or email in if they know what that is. Okay. But um yeah, and they found that these guys had nicked the suits, so they did a bit of research and found out that Fist Shark is a marketing company <sighs> in Tokyo. Robbed by a marketing company. But they they're proper like hedonistic, drugged up marketing Mentalist. company. Yeah, yeah and absolutely. They, they'd obviously found out about the mech suits somehow nicked the research, got the mech suits built for them in the lab, uh you know, plugged the research into mm-hmm. the computers, all of this. And, and then at- sodded off and also stolen our uh, boomer car as well while they were at it. Possibly. So oh, th- someone has, yeah. Yeah, some, somebody's <laughs> nicked your car. Oh, no, no, sorry, that's not true. Because, no, it's, he's, gone, he's gone to Boomer Moon. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and additionally, well, as soon as that happens, you get a call on your phone. And the one player that's not in the game at the moment, Chad, 
he he's in hospital. He's yes. been recovering in hospital for the last two two sessions. He so, took a bad hit, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. And at this time, you get a call from his mum, who's in the hospital with him, and she says, "Come rescue my son. It's kicking off down here. Gotta so save fierce. Chad's ass. Yeah. 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 We like Chad's because ass. <laughs> the writing is spread from central Tokyo down to the poorer part to um, the hospital, where all the crackheads and all of this are trying to raid the hospital for drugs. So it's a pretty mm. rough choice because the mech suits are going to be able to help you fight the um, the moon yep. and uh, hopefully get to the bottom of this. Within we can the never leave day, a man behind. Yeah, within the three-day time, but you can never leave a man behind. So it's like recover the mech suits from these nutcases or maybe lose track of that trail forever yep. or and save your friend. So mm-hmm. for once, you had to split the party. I hated it, but we split the party. Yeah, and I so, knew we shouldn't have. <laughs> so we had two people. So it was Nick's character Clay, yep. and another character called Harvey, who's real sort of like nineteen sixty style greaser, but in twenty thirty three Tokyo. Wise crack. The two of them went after the mech suits, while um, Riz, who is an uh, sort of Indian phone salesman, mm-hmm. and uh, Don Vito, which is a very cliche name, but he's a um, Don, a, an Italian <laughs> mafia Don. They they went to go and save Chad from the hospital. Yeah. Now the basically as you guys. Uh, yeah, as, as Harvey and Clay went to go and get the suits, they they went to the marketing company, and everything was going particularly well. You know, they were making all the wise quips. They found out that this marketing company was a into Satanism, b into drugs. They found that um, c one, into slavery. Yes, yeah, slavery. <laughs> they found that their um, one of their clients was Gary Busey, and he's trying to start up his own taxi company to rival Uber called Ubusiber. Um They found that, that another client was Miley Cyrus. And, oh yeah. They were trying to stop her from rec- uh, recording anything or releasing anything. Yep. And um, yeah, they they just did an awful lot of drugs and bullied anyone who didn't do drugs. And like we bowled in, said we were the new guys looking for a job. They were chatting away to us. It was fine. Yeah, and it, the good thing was is that Harvey sort of fronted up most of the discussion, and mm-hmm. he's he's a bit of a uh, not 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 like a dumb guy, but he's a bit of an airhead. So he he's 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 got his wits about him, but he's because he's a cop, but he's a bit of an airhead. Yeah. So he was he was he knew all the chatter, mm-hmm. and he was going, you know, I love Satanism and drugs as much as the next guy, but let's get on with it, man. And and he. <laughs> (laughs) you know he punched the wall and even snorted some of that and went sorry I thought everything around here was cocaine and all of this like he was proper on it and then and then at one point um, the worst thing was is that Clay Nick your character you started up and you said something I said something about the intern because they said they they, they said about why are you here or what job have you come for or something like that and I mentioned this Craig guy who was going outside having a fag when we walked in cigarette for our American listeners and um, anyway he was like what are you guys doing here and we were like oh we're here for the job and then he let us in I said that uh, Craig was a good guy, and that was the one trigger I can. Yeah, because the worst, the worst thing he could have said was that Craig was a good guy because the um, two main guys, uh, they were called James Stanton and Conrad Zimmerman. They were um, bullying. Craig incessantly yep. they hated Craig he was so, the intern so and bad. basically yep. that he was the whipping boy yep. and to say that he likes him that was when they knew these guys weren't real businessmen because mm-hmm. in their world the real businessmen use interns as whipping boys <laughs> and that's when they knew that they weren't real so they um, James Stanton just sort of kicks Conrad under the table and just goes um, okay we'll be back in a minute through gritted teeth yeah. and just then they just returned um, in the mech suits shortly after an announcement that was just like um, 
Okay, fuckbags, we've uh, we've put the whole building on lockdown. Uh, sorry to any employees who get caught in the crossfire. Um, you're gonna die now. And then they just oh, came back down and the mechure ensued. Yeah, yeah. And then there was this huge fight, and yeah. Nick's character got punched in the back with a so hard. Yeah, it was a um, it was a device on the mech suit called a knuckle bomber. That was oh, actually what it's called man. in the book. Yeah, and it's basically an explosive punch. Yeah. So not only is it getting punched by a metal hand, it then explodes on impact. <laughs> so it's a pretty nasty think, piece of kit. I'm not really supposed to reveal this, but I think I can reveal to you how much damage it done. Well, I, heard like, the, like, I heard the dice. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, remember before I said to you in in Bubblegum Crisis, um, damage is measured in how many D's it does, right? So how yep. many dice? So. Yep. You roll an amount of six-sided dice. So your gun, how many damage does that do? 3d6. Okay, so... Oh, no, so, uh, yeah, 3d6 for one of them, 4d6 for another, yeah. So you were extremely lucky, right? Because you had 24 hit points, mm-hmm. and you only got 22 damage, right? Yeah. Guess how many dice this thing rolled. Go on. Just guess. Oh, I don't know. Eight. Up. More. <laughs> Ten. Keep going. <laughs> no, right. Keep going, son. Fifteen. Keep going. No fucking way, 20. 22. 22D. Yeah, Damage. so this is when it starts measuring it in K instead of D. So it's 22K because anything above 14, yes, yeah. that's, that's K. So... Um, that means that yeah basically oh this is God. like building destroying level of damage and I took that to the back so, so pretty much wrote the lowest damage. Amount, amount of damage Jeez. you could have done so yeah. the point is is that you were you scraped by with the lowest amount of damage this could have possibly I done so, so lucky my point realize. is is that, is that it, it, without yeah you could you could have died mm-hmm. if it had rolled even slightly above that you would have been dead instantly oh man so my point is is that that, that what you were dealing with there it even says in the book uh, anything above 14D humans basically are, are, are unlikely <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and I loved it because you were like oh yeah but I've still got my armoured coat on and I was like mate come Obliterated on obliterated <laughs> yeah, I, like, <laughs> yeah. I was like you haven't got your armoured coat like, on you've got, you, you've, your boxes are just about Intact. You got to keep them on. I was like, nope, fuck it, and I jumped in the ambulance. Yeah, yeah. Nothing on. Yeah. So like, um, and anyway, meanwhile at the hospital, um, Don Vito and Riz, they're they're driving down there, right? They go to pick up, um, pick up Chad, and we had this basically very cool action scene where they they um, Don Vito drives his car just smashes into the front of the hospital because the scene he sees when he gets there is just fire destruction. It's Chaos, all, wasn't it? All yeah. the windows are smashed out. All the fire on some of the floors. Cars are burnt yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. This- State, he like smashes it in. rolling around. He sees all these Mad Max style raiders, and as he smashes in, he gets one uh, Riz. Uh, the other guy gets one right around to surprise. Shoots one of the raiders. Two of them left. He, he uh, and it's they roll for initiative. It's his turn. He shoots one of the other ones. Um, one dives at him, takes a swing, misses, mm-hmm. and then Vito fucking shoots the other one. And um, yeah, when he does so, the other one's arm is nearly hanging off. So, yeah, so yeah, he surrenders. Nasty. Yeah, and they, they they basically got no way out. So he says, "Get the hell out of here!" And the guy just um, crawls underneath. He's the like, car. "I would, man, but I don't know how to get out of here." He's yeah, like, get he's out! Like, just, just go. Gets inside. under the car. <laughs> yeah, so he crawls under the car. Then they run through the hallway, dodging all these things being thrown at them. There's druggies on the floor, injecting all sorts of stuff, swallowing all sorts of pills. It's crazy in there. A bit of rape was going on. A bit of rape. People <laughs> being dragged out of um, beds. Like It's yep. pure chaos. Was, yeah. The hospital was in sort of the middle of nowhere. It's uh-huh. one of the poor, poorer districts and stuff. And yeah, people are acting like animals in there. And then um, they get to Chad's hotel room. Uh, hotel room? Hospital room. <laughs> they get to Ch- Chad's hospital room. And he's unconscious. So yeah, then Rears 
Don and Chad's mum have to all wheel him back oh down. Oh my God, the wheelie wheelie bed. Yeah, the wheelie bed. <laughs> they have to wheel him back down the hallway, but this time they can't be as nimble and dodge everything. Yeah. So it's not as simple as roll athletics and then Mm-mm. dodge your way down the hallway. They have to wheel him and just shoot everything as they're going While down. While they're trying to, yeah, wheel an unconscious comrade along. It's crazy. It's fucking yeah. brilliant. Oh man. And then when they get to the end... That guy, they they you know they're shooting things, they they they're dodging out the way of people trying to inject them with stuff, and they <laughs> yeah. get they get to the end, and this guy, um, the guy that they shot before with the arm hanging off, he's ducked his arm, duct taped his arm back back on, and he's sitting there with a grenade launcher, and he's like, I told you not to fuck with it wrong, motherfucker, motherfucker, Ba-dum. and he yeah, and he just <laughs> he fires, and um, I say to everyone, make a dodge roll, and yeah. the only one that doesn't is Chad's mum. Oh, she goes, nightmare. She goes, don't you fire a grenade at my chair, oh. and then. Yeah, and then it just goes straight into her mouth. Boom. Yeah, no need to say what happened to her, but it was a shame. It was, it, yeah, she's the only one that didn't make her roll. Yeah, she's the only one who didn't make a dodge roll. So she boomed up. She got boomed. So, but we did get him out. Yeah, we did get we did get him out. And then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, then they they sort of fixed up an ambulance and start hightailing it. <laughs> hightailing it back. And then they think it's all over. They think it's all over. But then, oh, nobody's going to get this reference. We're going to find it really funny, but... <laughs> Okay, right. So then I say to the, I say to the guys, right, you're you're driving back in your ambulance, and um, and then a, a, another Mad Max style vehicle starts chasing you down the road. This guy's got a, like a Mini Cooper, right, and on top of it, he's got an armchair and he's controlling it with like a, a pulley system, and he's got like a bucket on his head. He's wearing a tweed suit and he's got a shotgun in one hand, and he fires at you and goes. <laughs> and like everyone starts cracking up and we're just like we're absolutely losing it right oh my but God. to anyone that doesn't understand this reference right it's a reference to Mr Bean and it's just like the stupidest fucking thing after all this absolute tension Mr Bean's chasing him we down we fell apart we yeah, all yeah. fell apart yeah. and make it even better was it's like oh shit here we go you know if we thought that they, we thought they were safe and they were on their way back and then this last enemy comes out of nowhere Mr Bean on his car and then he got one shot killed <laughs> oh yeah he did he did like literally um, Don Vito's in the back of the ambulance and he just goes I'm just going to open the door and shoot him he fucking shoots him and then he just goes oh no <laughs> and he falls off the back and rolls down the it road was, it was beautiful and we were dying we were absolutely dying but yeah if no, if people don't know what Mr Bean is go oh everyone knows what Mr Bean yeah. is but yeah it was so funny because I think it was just a bit of weird comic relief that this guy out of nowhere as well because we was all like oh no that, that was so intense I've got to be honest even I didn't expect it I just thought at that moment I need something funny to lighten this up because it's been non-stop tension and it killed everybody because you you and um, you and Sean nearly died and then Sean was falling apart these guys Sean was the first time ever that Sean was like I don't want to say I am worried (laughs) yeah it was the first time because Sean's so creative um, with the way that he plays Mm -hmm. first time that he was just like we're fighting two mechs we've been enclosed in this building one of them's just. We were like, there's got to be a vent. He was like, mate, there's no vents. There's air conditioning units. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we can get behind them. They're they're small. It's like, oh shit. And yeah, we were he really just, worried. He didn't know what to do. No. But yeah, I, I needed something funny in there, so I just thought, what if this <laughs> guy is trying to embrace the po- the apocalypse, but he's done it in the shittest way possible? Like he's. <laughs> Thanks, James. It was good. So, like, yeah, what? I, I just thought, what if this guy's embraced the apocalypse but done it in the shittest way possible? Like, he's made the wor- worst Mad Max vehicle possible. Just got a bucket and a shotgun. Yeah, bucket and a shotgun. <laughs> put an armchair on top of a car. Like, he'd be safer in the car. Road Warrior. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> boom, boom. So it, was then, crack- it was cracking. Yeah, and the very uh, sort of last thing that happened, uh, well, kind of like. The very- well, I nearly died. 
yeah, you nearly died, and uh, because you tried to swim through the sewers and nearly drowned, mm-hmm. and um, you know, then fucking uh, Harvey nearly drowned trying to save your character as well because yep. he he was he nearly drowned trying to save you. You got out uh, the with three hit points between us. Yeah, you were on one, uh, Harvey was on two. two. Mm -hmm. And then, um, basically, the ambulance went back to save these guys and uh, did. And then, obviously, there's a thing in Bubblegum Crisis as well where you can call in favours. Yes. Now, this is pretty cool because at character creation, or if you ever have um, campaign points to spend, you can spend these on favours. Now, Mm -hmm. what these are, they work like contacts, but they're one use only, and they're much, much more powerful. Yeah. So, these guys had contacts that were... um, with the mayor. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally, Clay, Nick's character, and Riz, Ryan's character, had coincidentally spent their um, points on exactly the same thing. Yeah, flavor. we both had dirt on the mayor, and it was, it was a dirty video. Both of us had a dirty video, and we hadn't um, spoken to each other because we do all our character creation solo, yeah. um, which is always fun. So then on the first day, everyone pulls their characters out, and it's like, well, but yeah, for some weird reason, me and Ryan both decided that we had videos on the mayor. Brian was having sex with a, like a like a robot, like a um, sex bot, wasn't it? Yeah, because in in Bubblegum Crisis, believe it or not, it's actually in the in game <laughs> law. They have um, something. They have sex bots, which is kind of a, a common thing in a lot of sci-fi in the yeah. future. But in Bubblegum Crisis, for some reason, they're called Sexeroids. Sexeroids, <laughs> and I don't know why. It's such a funny name, but so funny. So yeah, you had that he was having sex with a sexeroid, yeah. and then Ryan had that he was having sex with an octopus. That's right. Shit. Don't know why. Um, yeah. But yeah. Anyway, the point is, is that they yeah you guys then called it in to get a day of. Um, intensive care intensive care which is which treatment. is impossible to get hold of a lot of the time in bubblegum crisis anyway or, or incredibly expensive and now we're in the apocalypse there were no hospitals obviously because the last hospital was at was literally falling so apart. yeah you managed to get so your lucky. health back which yeah. is so we handy didn't have to pay for it either literally you were standing there with like one hit point left like how are we going to get medical treatment now yeah and then you were just like it's the end of days and we're all fucked yeah, yeah exactly so brilliant and then uh, yeah you got that change of clothes nearly went really well and until then, one of the characters shit in the mayor's poll but anyway we're less said about that the better <laughs> but the point is is then then the other favour used with the mayor was to um, ask where an EMP is yes. to maybe take out the moon mm-hmm. now he knew about a laboratory on the outside of town that, that their old friend's dad used to use called Wiz Labs yep and uh, they just went down there. And we had no other choice. Yeah, we had to go down there because we had no base anymore. That had been compromised. We was a bit. We was just like, wow, what but is it? But the only yeah. thing about Bubblegum Crisis is the medical treatment takes twenty four hours. Yeah, no two ways about it. That's yep. the gameplay mechanic. End of story. So what are we down to now? Day and a half. Day and a half oh, left. Day and, and a half left. And they've just about got a somewhat shaky lead on where an EMP might be because yep. the mayor's not that trustworthy. Mm-mm. No, no, not necessarily. Well, he's not trustworthy, but he, he just knew of this place but hadn't been there himself yeah he's not exactly in the military no he's more of a uh, puppet Mm -hmm. so point is is that and that was obvious from meeting him that's not me mettering but the uh, yeah yeah so I think that um it's a risky lead. It's a shaky lead. Oh, that was really intense as well. So yeah, the last bit to finish the, a, a mental game off anyway was that we, we we got to this Wiz Labs. It's all overgrown. It's an old complex. We spent an hour search, just searching for anything that might sh- like be an entrance, um, and we finally find like an old grown, uh, you know, overgrown um, terminal, like think Fallout, with a, just a command prompt and a flashing green cursor. And we had three attempts to put a password in to open it up, and oh man, we that we, was we quite wasted intense. too. Yeah. Well, you guys knew who used to use this laboratory yep. and the thing about that was was that um 
this was one of those situations where everyone it did people did say to me can we just roll intelligence to see if we can guess the password and no, I said mate. I was like I, I would say yes because that would make sense within the game but I do think in this case it's more fun for you guys to try mm. and figure it out it was a now, toughie man we had to we had to go through all the evidence we had try and work out what we knew what we weren't sure of what we definitely knew was fact and yeah. then from that whittle down three potential passwords basically because the thing is you what it was was that you knew that um, you had to put a password in it said you had three attempts you'd mm-hmm. already used up two Mm-hmm. Now you only have one left, and oh, Peter God. came up with a very good point, and it was like um, that if we lock this system down, yeah, and you put in three passwords incorrectly, how long is it going to get locked down for? Because be if it gets locked down for two days, mm-hmm. you're we're, fucked. We're fucked anyway, yeah. yeah. Or, or it could just be a fail safe, and it locks down permanently. You know exactly. So, and you've only got. A and day it was the only left. lead we had. At, at all. all yeah so that's that that was that was the the toughie and you guys guessing this password and the crazy thing was is that the password ended up being that of uh, the biggest enemy in the game thus yep. far who's currently dead but the point is is that he uh you guys went sort of went over his history and remembered that once they were friends and yep. that was of such a minor detail in the campaign that's only probably ever come up once oh, yeah, ever exactly and yet it, it sort of came to fruition and re- you guys remembered it and then put it in and, and lo and behold you it opened was up the, right the lab one. and that's where the game finished mate. The, yeah. oh no the door opened we went in and we saw like loads of old pictures of the two guys together when they were in there like you know when they were together right at the beginning before the, the company went bad and everything happened yeah and that's where we were at haven't we yeah it was fucking brilliant oh man, man. What it was such a good game it was the best bubble gum I mean the, the story's been fantastic all the way through but for some reason that session it was in terms just of pure every box, action yeah uh, excitement we had, we had emotion drama we had amazing role playing yeah. even the phone call with the mayor that was fun yeah it was spectacular yeah We're so really good. well done so I enjoyed the hell out of it Me I mean too. I would recommend this setting to anyone yeah. because um, I, we've been playing it for weeks it's and a corker I think that the only annoying thing is is that I had to build to this moment now like because the first few sessions were great but I had to build to get it to this level of drama that's oh, well, the only we, thing. yeah we are absolutely flying now it's so, super uh, intense it was hard worth it though mate to do it. no it's been great though there's been no low points no I, I agree but then it was hard to because I couldn't start off I wanted to start off with the big moon in the sky and, yeah. and say you've got three days mm-hmm. that's how I wanted to start the campaign but I knew I couldn't no. so I had to build to it and that was the hard thing so yeah, I I would recommend this camp this setting to anybody would, Bubblegum Crisis yeah, if you can absolutely. get it because there's so much in the book. I was telling my brother the other day that that it's just such a great great setting because there's so much in the book that is just um, immediately usable. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of this shit, like the actual um, adventure, um, as in the shit that you guys are doing, that's authored by me. But all the stuff that you guys are going to, all the stuff that you see, all the people that you're interacting yeah. with, that's all already there. Yeah. And all of the items and stuff, it's just such an easy thing to run. So, so cool. I could such highly recommend game. it. Bubblegum Crisis. Yep. Main. Subject. Main. 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 Subject. <coughs> Sorry. You are an animal. Your home is a vast valley, surrounded by mountains so high the peaks are covered with snow all year round. Down in the valley, you roam the wild moors and deep forests hunting for prey, and you are never alone. Your tribe is never far away. The tribe is your safe haven, your home. But this paradise is a prison. Deadly electric fences block all paths out of the valley. All attempts to escape are punished harshly by the Watchers, your jailers, nightmare machines. 
Drones in the sky monitor every step you take. Killer robots march into your territory without warning, shouting metallic commands. Sometimes they abduct members of your tribe and bring them to the underground labyrinth. When the victims come back, they are forever scarred by the Watcher's bizarre experiments. Memories and personalities erased, if they come back at all. Will you win your freedom? or be crushed by the mysterious enemies in Gen Lab Alpha. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we are at the main subject. Um, now, what is the main subject, James? Yes. Very unhelpful. Um, no, the main subject this week, we are talking about Gen Lab Alpha. Alpha. Yes. Now, a lot of people recently have been talking about Modifius mm -hmm. and um, the shit that they'd be doing. Mutant Year Zero. Shut up about it. Tales of the Loop. Shut up about it. I'm shut up about it. I'm sick of it. All right. Shut up. Right. We know they're good, but the one that nobody's talking about for some reason is Gen Lab Alpha. I know. What the hell? That's another one that Modifius do, but you don't want you know talk about that. It uses the same system. It's why great. It's yeah, so good. And we've been playing it, yep. and we've been enjoying the fucking living shit out of it. So we wanted to just sort of bring it to people's attention, I guess, and yeah. and let people know that it is as good as all those other ones you guys are playing. Definitely. Um. So yeah, let's let's kick it off, Nick. Kick you, it right off. So uh, Gen Lab Alpha is uh, is set in the Mutant Year Zero world, so it's all part of the same world, but it is a standalone. Um, game it uses the same system as all the other games which is great and they all are part of this large universe but this is this in particular book is to do with the Gen Lab Alpha wow what is Gen Lab Alpha I hear you ask well Gen Lab Alpha is basically a huge research facility um, when the world went to shit uh, and Everybody was killing themselves, and there was a great nuclear and apocalyptic ending to humankind, basically. Thanks, Thatcher. Yeah, nice one. Um, there, there was this research facility, and the idea being was that they wanted to create animals and splice um, human and animal DNA to create these super beings that could go up yes. top. Oh, yeah, well done, James. I know. And uh, which could go up top into the dangerous um, habitat and be able to survive and obviously even flourish out there. Um, anyway, so they started working on these, and they created this big... Uh, prison which is essentially what it is but it's called paradise valley it's a huge huge amount of land that's um surrounded by fences that's basically a research facility it's surrounded by huge electric fences and um, you've got like all these different tribes in there as yeah. well so it's like you've got like dog tribe you've got badger tribe frog tribe yep you've, you've got, got bear tribe <laughs> you've got bear tribe you've got moose tribe i think the very clever thing they did in there was that they didn't include flying animals Yes, that's because I mean the point is is that a lot of um, we'll probably get into this later. A lot of the story is about rebellion and escape. Obviously, yep. I mean that that's uh, that, that goes without saying. <laughs> the old right? bird tribe left years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> See you later. Maybe that's why they're not there. Yeah, it's true. I've I mean, got the bird tribe. Oh, they went a long time ago. <laughs> um, so the idea is that humans have gone. Uh, these uh, the only thing that's left in this big world that these animal that kind of hybrid human things have only ever known is is is. Um, being contained by robots. Um, humans are a myth. They know that they were created by uh, humans, but the humans are long gone. Some people think the humans are still alive and they're waiting for them. Other people think the humans have been wiped out, so on and so forth. Now, the people that keep all the animals in this paradise, uh, paradise valley 
are robots. They're they were, called the Watchmen. They were called the Watchers, yeah. The Watchmen. And they were made by the humans. Um, and even though the humans are now long gone, the computer, uh, the robots continue to carry out these this research and keep all the um, animals within the confines of this place. And they research on them and they tear them like shit, really, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, and they've got like human faces on screens on them. Yeah, some, so of, they, some they, of the models kind of like, have got, yeah. When you think of like robots, it's all types of things. So you've got like drones, mm-hmm. you've got, they, they're like a lot of them have sort of like tank treads. Yep. And then like sort of an upper body with arms on it that might have like guns on them. So guns, those, be, those are like yep. called enforcers if I uh, correctly. Sentinels. Sentinels. And then they've got like a TV screen with a face on it. And then... Observers so, they are. Exactly. So they might be like, yeah, they're, they're, they're there to keep the animals in check. Yeah. But they also might drag them off to labs to do experiments. Yeah. So some, some then, animals get taken away, never come back. And then you've got like drones and things like this. Flying so, over top, yeah. Although it is um, a prison, it is like an, a big outdoor prison with uh, with woodlands and things mm-hmm. like this. So it's like an animal habitat yep. where they're all kept, but then they're also enforced by all of these watchers. And then uh, additionally, they might be dragged off to labs to still be experimented on. Exactly. Now, um, in addition to this, like I said, you've got all the tribes. So the, your tribes are expected to be kept in certain areas. So mm-hmm. for example... Um, like I said, you've got a dog tribe. Now, those are all kept in a certain area. You've got the rat tribe, so those are all kept in a certain area as well. And if you're straying from that, dependent on your role, mm-hmm. you know, you're, and we'll get into those later, but depending on your role, um, if a observer sees you, they might ask you, what the fuck are you doing outside? Yeah, why are you here? And you definitely give them a good reason. Exactly. And if you don't, you know, you're going to get shot up or you're going to get forcibly taken back to exactly. where you're supposed to be yep. from. And so that's the sort of oppressive environment that you're it's dealing so with. It's so oppressive, yeah. like... Um, Almost like a sort of concentration camp. Absolutely, yeah, and totally. And especially like you've got in each tribe, you've got like the elders, and the elders have always taught that you must basically obey and comply with the robots, do everything they say, and if you do um, do what they say and agree to them and comply with everything, eventually you show willing and you will show that you're worthy to meet your human makers. And so it's, it's kind of like a, a microcosmic version of what like our world is um, is like. Kind yeah. Of. Absolutely. It's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, if you um, are oppressed long enough, you know, you'll, you'll make it to upper middle management. That's the one. But over over the years, um, resistance has started to brew and it's got stronger and stronger. Um, some people think differently. They don't want to do what the robots say. They think that they should they'd be free and that they, should, they shouldn't be kept in the confines and of, of Paradise Valley and they want to get beyond the fence and they don't want to do what the robots say all the time and they don't want to be forcibly fed drugs and have these horrible experiments um, so like, done on them and things like that. Yeah, so you might hear whispers throughout the game that actually all the humans aren't dead and mm-hmm. outside mm-hmm. of the um, fences there there are humans. Yeah. Now, the ru- they're rumours, right? Mm-hmm. So I think from what we've played, and again, we'll get into that later, but I think from what we've played on the outside, there aren't humans. There's Mutant Year Zero, the other Modifius RPG. That's my theory, right? And that actually what they've seen is mutants. Maybe. But, I mean, that's what I think. But still, if that is true, that's mm-hmm. fucking awesome. Yep. But the point is is that, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's like, that is, that's sort of what it's like. It's that kind of universe. They're so sheltered yeah. and they, they don't get out. They're, they're and the party sp- politics is... It's, cr- it's, it's crazy, crazy. It there's wars utterly... between tribes there's some yeah, so tribes that like other tribes in the book like you'll find things such as like um, a, a, a very very base example is that dogs for example are a, a derogatory term for them is lap dogs mm-hmm. because they um, they are loyal 
to um, watches because what they do is if if for example we keep the prison anal- analogy going they are the ones that would snitch on you mm-hmm. and uh, they were the ones that would tell the watchers um, everything that all the people are doing, uh, where the contraband is, yep. where this, that and the other, because they want an easy time. Exactly. And as a result, they would, they're would they the ones that would be given the nice food that would be... They um, get a cool artifacts. Cool artifacts. They're looked after very well by the watchers. Exactly. They also own the marketplace. They own the, the marketplace. The whole of Dice Valley. Exactly. They run, they run things mm-hmm. as far as a animal can run things as mm-hmm. far as a non-watcher can run things a dog will yeah. and as a result the politics wise most other animal tribes distrust dogs mm-hmm. but they still have to deal with them because they they um, need to trade for food because they well they have to yep they because have to starve there's another thing as well is everyone's borderline starving a lot of the time that's the thing about this place mm-hmm. there's no huge vast amounts of food everywhere there's everyone everyone's on the line they really are in a tough, tough and there's no there's no cash system either no, no cash so, it's all so trading it's all trading so you might go out into the woods and you might find a bit of metal yep. you can now trade that for for food or you, if you're good at bartering you could trade a bit of water for food or mm-hmm. you could whatever my point is is there's no there's no cash so a lot of that boils it boils into it as well so you mm-hmm. might have like fucking I don't know just like a few rocks in your pocket and if you, you could try and convince somebody to trade that for food but that might not work so mm-hmm. it's it's hard out there but then you see all these dogs that have that are sitting on shed loads of food yeah. or you might see a bunch of because you know rats for example are, are pretty gifted scavengers so mm-hmm. you might see a lot of those sitting on loads of food and and you might hate them yeah. and things like this and there's yeah there's a lot a lot of politics in there a lot of it and a lot of politics I think um, the rabbits as well are known for being at war, constantly. yeah, they're they're the most rebellious tribe out of all of them, and the the rabbits are it, within the rabbit tribe. Um, oh, were you know, um, conversations of rebellion are open. You don't have to do it between uh, you know in hushed whispers and things like that. They are actively at war with the Watchers. They actually went underground a long time ago, um, and the Watchers don't have much control over them. The reason being is they discovered gunpowder. Ah, and 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 the funny thing is about them as well is that. Um, yeah, they 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 can they can speak about it openly, but they are actually um, hated by other tribes mm-hmm. for doing that yep. because they're upsetting the peace. Exactly. So there there are some other people, such as if I recall correctly, the bear tribes dislike them because yeah, the they bear. just wanted an easy time of it. Exactly, and also the ape tribe do because the ape tribe are also been quite, quite compliant. They're they're quite peaceful, the apes, but they're also it's not compliant. as if they're they're not peaceful to in, in terms of like how the dogs are, Mm-mm. but they're just like. We're fine here. They're we neutral. Just, they actually yeah. sit on an island, so they're quite sweet, and they do what the watchers say, and and they just leave themselves to themselves, and they like it that way. Exactly. So it's not exactly lap dogs, but they're just neutral. They're just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're, just Neutrals, like, we, yeah. We, we're happy with what we got. Exactly. And I, I absolutely love that about it. Mm-hmm. I love it because the, this it is such such good. Um, ground for role playing Uh, and this is what this is what one of the biggest strengths of the game but this basically I think that's a pretty good window into oh, the role playing. Exactly. Like it's into so the good. world of Gen Lab. What that's I like what about like. it as well that differs it to a lot of games is there's no manipulation um in it because you're not human, you're animal. So you you don't manipulate people like people do, you know, like humans do. Instead you have a thing called dominate. This is when you, uh, the fur goes big the teeth come out all the growling and you literally have a face off go back to your animal basics and literally just kind of uh, not fight but in trying to intimidate each other and one will one will and dominate one or you know and one and dominate 
the other and if one will submit depending on the dice rolls and stuff I will say the only thing I disliked about that was um, that that works in terms of when you're having an argument or trying to intimidate another foe mm-hmm. but what about when you're trying to lie that's what I didn't like about it yeah See, well that's the, yeah. that's the only thing if all social conflicts it's more like that you way, don't lie you just say this is what's happening and they comply Oh yeah, so so if they distrust, don't need to if lie. they distrust you, you just go. That is the way it if is. You, and then if you dominate them, they will then they will go. Yeah, of course that's the way it is. Exactly. But they'll they'll pretend that they believe you. No, they'll be dominated, so they will. They will. They will do what you want. No, it's not. No, but they won't believe you. But they'll just oh, no. say that they believe you. Exactly. I, I mean, I hope that gives you a good example as to what it, the world is like. Mm-hmm. Um, to give you a good example of the atmosphere, a lot of the time, as rebellious individuals in that world, what we were doing was sneaking around in the dark, trying not to get caught um, you know ga- uh, gathering up equipment for rebellion and you got recruited didn't stuff. you yeah and we're going to talk about the, our actual experience in the game later on but mm-hmm. yeah basically that's that's sort of what the world is like yep um, next up I mean the sorts of characters that we play um, now there are classes in this game yep do you want to go over those quickly so we've got the scavenger pretty self explanatory yep we've got the healer yep we've got the warrior we've got the hunter uh, we've got the uh, seer. Seer, that's it. And the last one is the. No, that's it. I think that's, that's the, it. Five. That's yeah. it. So um, they're pretty, all pretty much self-explanatory. Yep. So, so your hunters, your dex-based class, the warriors, the strength-based class. You know, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. But um, the healer, uh, they can brew potions. Yeah, they can like, brew potions. Which is kind of different um but they can also sort of do things such as brew uh, moonshine. moonshine and yep. things like this. Yep. Um, the seer is like a mystic. They can create things called uh, scrap totems. Yes. So the seer, the way it works is kind of like you can predict things that happen in the future. Mm-hmm. Now, if that thing comes true, then the person, if it's against the foe, they'll get a, um, a minus on it. Mm-hmm. And if it's a uh, to, for a friend, they'll get a plus on yep. it. So, for example, you say um, you, you go, you sit down for an hour or however long it is, I can't mm-hmm. remember. But you sit down for an hour and go, I predict that in the future, Nick is going to drink a Coke. And then he does his drinking a Coke roll and he'll get plus two on it. Exactly. But if you go to, if you're about to do a boss fight and you go, I predict that this enemy will fumble his attack roll. Then he goes to do an attack roll. Mm-hmm. He'll get a minus two yep. on his attack roll. So um, if you if you if you're clever about what you know is about to happen, or you just you know pick things that you know are going to happen, yeah. then you can be quite clever about it. I mean, it's a little bit meta, but it's not that much because you can't just say things are going to happen then they happen. You have to not. you yeah. have to predict things that mm-hmm. are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you just want they just won't. Yeah, exactly. they just won't. Yeah. So I quite like the seer. Very yeah, clever. Cool. Very clever class. Um, uh, and the other ones are pretty self the scavenger finds shit each yep. one comes with their own unique ability and mm-hmm. um, the scavenger is one of those um sort of metery hand wavy type things where it's kind of like once again you get to roll for to find something yeah you, you basically walk around with your horde which is either a backpack or a trolley uh, that you'll carry around with you at all times it's full of your scrap and then you can roll your um, scavenger and if you're looking for something in particular if you succeed that will come out of your back Exactly. Nice and simple. Mm-hmm. Um, all the characters, they do feel distinct enough 
that they are worth thinking about when you pick them at character creation. Yeah, absolutely. They're not that wildly different um, that they're like D&D where you need to have this character, this sort of like party comp, you know? Yeah, where you yeah, have to yeah. Have one healer, one tank, one... Yeah, no. You know, it's not like that. Don't need no. that. Yeah. You could have a party full of hunters or a party full of healers and do perfectly fine. Absolutely. Because a healer can fight. Mm-hmm. You're not like restricted to the type of weapons you can no, use. No, not at all. And the way weapons are basic as hell. All it is is that you you have a special ability if you pick that class. Exactly. Simple as that. Yep. So let's talk about the dice system real ah, quick. Ah, yes. Do like the dice system. So, I don't know. This is quite hard to describe, isn't it? Because you yeah. have three different sets... Of, not sets of dice, but you have three different types of dice. Mm-hmm. So... Um, You've got your base dice, skill dice, and gear dice. Yes, and these are colour-coded. So yep. on your sheet, um, you you probably need to print these in colour. You don't necessarily have to, Mm-mm. because I was using the wrong colour dice. I yeah. just had it colour-coded to how I liked it, exactly. because I didn't have the correct dice. But basically, it'll be... I can't remember the, co- the dice colours. So base dice oh, is yellow, green. Yellow, uh, yeah, uh, base dice is green, skill dice is yellow, and gear dice is black. Yes, but um, if you don't have those available, it's just fine. colour code it any way yeah, anyway to follow exactly. you want it. So um, the way it works is that you're, if you, uh, yeah, you roll uh, different coloured dice for each one. Yes, yeah, so if so, you've got a skill, your skill will always be linked to an attribute. So if the skill, if you've got two in the skill and the skill that's linked to it is wits and you've got three in wits, you'll roll five dice. So, for example, uh, climb is linked to, I believe, strength. Yes. So, so that means if you if you're climbing something, you will roll um, two uh, dice for your strength if you've got a two in strength, mm-hmm. and then if you've got two in climb, you roll an extra two dice uh, for your climb. And say so you've got rope, then you then roll. Uh, uh, gear dice for the rope yeah so if your rope adds a plus one you roll another one so mm-hmm. you've got five dice in total mm-hmm. and you're rolling different coloured dice for each um, each thing then all you need to do to succeed is get a six on any one of those just dice just one six you're looking for exactly yeah. and the cool thing about this is that means the six tells you which how you succeeded exactly did you succeed because your gear helped you to succeed was it a black dice that you mm-hmm. got a six on? Mm-hmm. Did you succeed because you were skilled? Was mm-hmm. it a yellow one? Mm-hmm. Did you succeed because you were strong? Uh, was it a green one? Yeah. You know, that 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 is really cool. That's or was cool. it a combination? Exactly. You know, um, that, that's really, really awesome. Or did you fail because of those? Did you get a number of ones that exceeded uh, those um, those sixes? Mm-hmm. If you did, that means that you failed. And uh, the ones will tell you why you failed. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's your gear, um, then that means your gear breaks. Yeah, gear breaks, mate. If it's your attribute, that means it's you failed because of that. And mm-hmm. if you push it, then you take damage mm-hmm. on that attribute. And then if it's your um, skill, that means you fail because of your skill. It's yep. really quite interesting. But um, it's a really cool way of, uh, if you're the DM, you can just look at the dice and be like, okay, uh, roll your dice, you look at it, how many ones did you get? Okay, yeah, you failed because your uh, gear broke, Mm -hmm. or you failed because you just weren't strong enough, you just couldn't pull yourself up. Couldn't pull yourself up that last bit or whatever. It's, It's a really cool dice system. Yeah, so easy, so it really easy. Is. Yeah, and if you fail as well, you can um, you can always re-roll. You can push a roll once, right? Yeah. And in order to do that, all you do is re-roll any that weren't ones or sixes. Mm-hmm. But if you do that. 
then that means that you might um, you might then take damage. Yeah. So if you so if you push a roll and it's still a failure, and you've not only got some ones on the first roll, but then you get a few more ones on the second roll, you have to add them all up, and then you take damage. Yeah. You take damage to uh, 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 any failures that you have on your attribute dice. You take that much damage to that, to attribute. that attribute. Yeah. So you can take damage on four levels. You can take physical damage, which is damage to your strength. You can take uh, like. What's the other it's one? Agility damage is exhaustion. Exactly. And then um, you can take damage to your witch. Witch to your witch. Witch to your witch. So, you, so you've, got, uh, you've got your witch pal who's <laughs> yeah. always with she you. She takes damage. She takes damage. No, to your wits, which yep. is um, confusion. Confusion. And the last one's dehydration, I think. Yep. Yes. And um, so, yeah, you've got all of those. So basically, the ways in which you can, in air quotes, die are numerous. Yes. So you can either be, yeah, you know, you can be, you can be dead in a normal way. You can be exhausted, mm-hmm. confused, or dehydrated. Yep. So yeah, um, any one of those things, and you'll take damage to all of those depending on how you fail. Exactly. So it sounds complicated. It's really not. Honestly, honestly, it does the way we're trying to say it, but it's not. It's not. Once you get used to it. Um, Literally session one, five minutes in, I was just like, "All right, cool, yeah, I, I get, get it." it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. because the the dice system works so easily because you're because it's color coded and all of this shit. Again, if you don't have the official mutant year zero dice, I think that's they're trying to push that. They're like, "Come on, buy these dice because you need the right color coded ones." You don't, right? Because nope. the way I had it set out was I had a bunch of different d sixes, and I had I think I had blue ones for skills, I had black ones for attributes I had clear ones I uh, know I had all the misc d6s yeah yeah, yeah exactly that's what I had because I was just like but all you've got to remember is if I get a one on this group of dice it means something yeah it, uh, one on attributes is bad exactly. essentially that's all it is mm-hmm. so yeah it's fine don't worry if you don't have the official dice you can it still really get away with it they, they are pretty, pretty cool, cool. Yeah, yeah they are nice <laughs> they're 15 quid but you do get 15 dice um, it's a pound of dice yeah exactly and they're nice they are very nice so if you can afford it go for it if not don't think you can't play the game you totally can you just need a few coloured d6s but of course if you get more than one success mm-hmm. um, in a lot of games uh, that usually just means you do it but you do it better in this you've got something called stunts mm-hmm. so basically stunts means that like you um, in some cases it means you get to sort of like choose another option doesn't it yeah you get you get like a list of things you can do so if you get a stunt in say combat you can choose to um, uh, deal more damage trip them up trip them up to uh, disarm them if they had a weapon Yep. Grapple them. Yep. Knock them to the floor. And that happens. That's a given. So. See, I I don't think yet, because we've only fought smaller enemies with yeah. the exception of the land shark. <laughs> I've never come up against something yet where I was like, yeah, why would I, like, uh, uh, why would I do anything other than deal extra damage? Yeah. But, to be fair, if you were fighting something massive, mm-hmm. like, you might think, yeah, of course disarm it. Yeah, if he's, got a, if he's got a weapon that you know is going to obliterate you, disarming or tripping exactly. might be the best way. Well, I was going to say, also, if you're fighting, say, a, a quite quite a big enemy and you're close to, say, a, a cliff or something, by getting a stunt, you get a push. And you can push them and you push them straight off. There you go. You know, and, something like um, this. Additionally, uh, another way this has come up before is when we're walking through the woods, mm-hmm. we had to do um, movement rolls, right? Yep. And this was just to get to our destination in a timely manner without taking dehydration damage, mm-hmm. right? So I think it was dehydration. Yeah. No, it it wasn't because it was agility. So it would have been exhaustion. Exactly. Yeah. So without taking exhaustion. And um, I was walking through with um, with James's character. um, I forget his character's name. It was... Oh, Boris. Uh, uh, Boris. Boris. So I was walking um, through his, through the woods with Boris, and I didn't want to take ex- exhaustion. So I fairly certain I failed on my roll. I pushed it. I failed again. Yeah. So he got a stunt, 
and that meant that you can help a comrade. Exactly. He can either do it doubly fast, or he can do it at the same speed but help a comrade. And because you had failed, you you needed that. Yeah, and he just helped me. And it's so perfect. he just instead of yeah, so he just picked me up. He saw me sort of like struggling. Walking. So you fell over, but rather than sprain your ankle, you were picked up. Oh, and picked up by my you friend. You helped, and you both made it, and it was and it turned into a succeed a success, which is really cool. And turn into a succeed, and that's how stunts work. Yes, yeah. it's really cool. Very really really elegant cool. system. Mm-hmm. Um. Then you've got gear, grub, and water as well, which is kind of a cool system. So um, just an, an elegant way to do food. You've just got you've just got grub and water. Exactly. You need one of each every day to keep going, and you also need them to heal. And we've already mentioned gear a little bit, but the way grub and water work and gear is you've... Uh, like, encumbrance is quite elegant in this mm-hmm. game as well, so you've just got slots. Yeah, exactly. So slots you can hold... If I recall correctly, it's um, three grub and three water take mm-hmm. one slot exactly. and then everything else takes one slot mm-hmm. and then so, like small, very small items don't take slots like, yeah. like knickknacks I think they're cool or something like that yeah so you've got yeah you just got an amount of slots and mm-hmm. that's pretty much how we already do it in most yeah, games anyway exactly so I'm pretty happy with that I was just like for thank, thank fuck for these guys they finally done a, an, an inventory system that isn't boring exactly yeah that's no, really good yeah I love it and uh, yeah combat is pretty um Straightforward. So it's pretty straightforward. I mean, yeah. the thing about it is, is that I won't. I always find that talking about combat is quite boring. Yeah, you so just got, you've got a combat skill that you yeah, roll. Yeah, you just you roll it, they roll dodge. If it's a success, yeah. uh, success, then it, the, you the thing them. that you're using has a certain amount of dice for damage. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. as easy uh, as yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, you you also get like when you at character creation, right? You get to pick these things called. Uh, animal powers mm-hmm. and animal powers are fucking sick because yeah, really cool. the actual list of what, what you get to pick I think is fantastic um, I can't remember an l- awful lot of them but I do remember what I picked now mm-hmm. I picked Amphibious because my character is a toad now yep. my character's uh, uh, what is his name Frank um, wait originally oh that's another thing he, that we haven't spoken Frank about Frank Black so all the characters have lab names so they're named after certain things so for example, all the all the toads, so all the reptiles, all the reptiles are named after musicians. Musicians. Mm-hmm. So I mine's called Frank Black, mm-hmm. and then they always are assigned a number. So he's Frank Black Eleven. Exactly. Now I chose the dogs the, are named after astronauts and so on and so forth. Uh, yeah, and then the um, uh, rabbits are named after composers. No, the mice. Mice are composers. Rabbits are football players. I think, if I remember rightly. Anyway, yeah. yeah there's, there's, there's each there's each tribe loads. has a set name. A naming process, and then you have a number as well. So exactly. I picked eleven because of Strange Things, yep. and then I picked uh, Frank Black because of the Pixies. So, yeah, so he's Frank Black eleven. <laughs> yeah, so he's a pretty cool name, and um, yeah, so Frank Black eleven is a scavenger, and I picked two abilities for him because he's a toad. I picked Amphibious, mm-hmm. uh, so he can breathe underwater for five minutes, mm-hmm. and I wanted that because. I thought it would be handy for hiding from watchers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I picked Jump, which is fucking awesome. Yeah. How many times does that come in handy? Oh, I've used it a so few times now. You get assigned a number of feral points. Now, how this works is every time you push a roll, um, you get a feral point. Mm-hmm. So that means you're sort of, you're, by pushing a roll, you're sort of giving into your animal instinct. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah, why you get over. a feral mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. But for taking that risk, you're also possibly going to take damage as well mm-hmm. so that's why you're being awarded a feral point it's or you taking run the risk, risk of turning completely animalistic yes <laughs> and uh, yeah if you turn completely animalistic um, for instance if you it's, it's if you roll a 1 because you have to roll a d6 whenever you use a feral point and yep. if you roll a 1 
you turn completely animalistic and you just act like an animal for yeah like, right, right so like Ryder became a total rabbit and just ran off and just chewed on some grass didn't he for like <laughs> six hours yeah yeah so so like yeah you, you use your animal power and for instance my jumping ability means I can jump 30 feet in the mm-hmm. air but every time I do it I have to roll a d6 and if I roll a 1 I'll just act like a frog for rabbit. six hours <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, so, yeah. but um, fortunately it hasn't happened to me yet but yeah, yeah so it's yeah that was really handy mm-hmm. for break-ins for jumping the fuck so out of the way cool. of and electric there's electric fences everywhere mm-hmm. which are handy you can just jump over them well I didn't even anticipate that when I made the character that was brilliant though, I, just, yeah. I just liked the ability jump's because, been your best ability though I well because he's a frog I just, yeah, I just thought uh, I liked it yeah. but, um, <laughs> and he's gone <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah really cool loved it so there's plenty of added there's loads that you've got like antlers you can have like huge uh, you can like burrow I think it's one when you can just like burrow into the ground yeah there's um, uh, yeah there's shit loads, loads I mean, they, they're all specific Armored. to which animal you pick exactly so um, for example the mouse guy he has one where he can get away instantly exactly yeah. um, because he's he's just a little <laughs> and he just gets away you know, yeah. you know how mice you know that's you know how like mice are like yeah um, you know so there's there's absolutely loads of um, like feral abilities and they're all absolutely brilliant and fun to play mm-hmm. so um, with that let's get on to our general experience of doing it yeah so absolutely. Uh, first of all I guess what I would like to sort of go over is I want to speak about my experience as a player mm-hmm. and then I want I want to, to hear about your experience as a GM because yep. it's the second game that you've ever GM'd but I think from a player standpoint it is, is quite important um, because I think a lot of people um Kind of find the subject matter silly, mm-hmm. if I'm being mm-hmm. honest. Uh-huh, they yeah. do. Yeah. Out of out of um, Mutant Year Zero, Tales from the Loop, and uh, Mutant Megatron. Mutant Megatron. There, there's a reason that people talk about this one at least, and mm-hmm. I think people find the subject matter silly. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason that that we 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 gravitate towards it because we like. Silly. Yeah, we of do. course we do. And, and, yeah. But the point is about this: we we looked at the cover and we just saw there's a raccoon with a knife, <laughs> exactly. and we were just like, "Fuck yeah, that looks cool." <laughs> yeah. But to be honest, I I think we find tend to find coolness in silliness, do, where yeah. people just find silliness and yeah. silliness. But there is so much depth oh, to this, man. yeah. And I absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. I've had some of the most emotional moments I've had playing oh, this. Yeah. See, I remember a question we had from Zovia a while back, where she talked about oh, all all that people ever do when they relay stories from RPGs is talk about the funny moments. And I don't even really want to touch on those with this mm-hmm. game. I don't mm-hmm. even want to do that because what I would pr- prefer to speak about when I speak about this is is the fact that our game is literally all about fuck the system uh, you know rebellion fighting back fighting back and uh, sort of finding our siblings and stuff like this and it's all about how fucked up uh, not just the the um, people that are oppressing us can be but how fucked up the people that we know can be and things like this Mm -hmm. and and like that to me is just it's it's beautiful the way it's done how you can have this story that's about animals it's a really and emotional game. It definitely, yeah. it definitely pushes emotions. I think, like even from the beginning, when you have like a friend, a buddy, someone you dislike, someone you like. Yeah, I and then know. you also have like you've got all this like really deep 
political shit yeah. that's like deep rooted into the game and I think that the way that they've done it so they've this got a relatively small world mm-hmm. that that it's quite easy to push that political um, side of things because yeah. you're it's so it's much much easier for a DM to learn exactly so you, you haven't got this whole world to worry about you've exactly. just got this confined space that is literally like a mixing pot because a lot of times I would I would look at like a big political landscape mm-hmm. in a game and just go oh fuck that yeah. like, I'll, I'll put it in the game but I won't make it a big deal because it's too much for me this to learn this game thrives off of it it thrives off of it because it's it's a smaller world and you can learn off it and that emotional thing is like so easy to get because you you I remember the first thing that we happened in the game was that we we heard about this rebellion we're, we're, in, we're at like a dance party for like this celebration of the yeah, moon it was or festival, something festival wasn't it yeah yeah and then we get raided we have to make this fucking trek across the woods and then we meet all these people that are trying to escape and it's like you're meeting like real genuine characters that are quite fleshed out mm-hmm. and then it's like you know my brother went missing during the first bit of the raid and yeah. all of this stuff and then we have to go and find him and it's like during that you've got these characters with you that you don't really trust and because there there are genuine good story reasons for you not to trust them mm-hmm. and that's even before you've met them because the setting is so deep and believable it and precedes I just think them yeah the image it's just like them, yeah. fucking I mean I've not played a setting where it's like there's set up there that doesn't require the DM to play like five sessions beforehand mm-hmm. you're just like this setup was so simple and so elegantly done that oh, you're just man. like oh fucking hell I don't, I don't know how they did that I don't know it's how brilliant. they did it and it, I think using the imagery of the animals actually makes that easier yep. because you're like dogs lap dogs okay fine and then you're like bears fucking hell okay yeah I know to fear them I can see why he's the boss because he's obviously fucking a huge fight bear him. with a yeah. gun or whatever yeah exactly the mo- you know the, the, the mooses <laughs> yeah and you know those guys are obviously going to be roaming you nomadic know, type yeah, yeah exactly and, and you know that they're um, like for some reason rabbits are also, also associated with war probably thanks to like Red Wall books and exactly. stuff like and, this like, you know straight away that like the cats would not get on with the, the rat tribe exactly yeah. you know it's, it's crazy it's I, I don't know maybe that's why it's so easy to get into yeah. I don't know what it is but the point is is that I thought that the political stuff and all of this and the emotion uh, of it, it was so well done because you've got all the politics that you've then also got this constant oppression of the evil kind of robotic god that overlooks everything mm-hmm. so even though you know you never know who to trust or you never know if the if the watchers are listening like and i think that 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 actually played into it quite well as well because you've got you've got like the watchers are looking over you then you're going to be you're going to be forced to do missions with tribes that you necessarily wouldn't trust. So mm-hmm. you might be with a dog or you might be a cat and have to do something with a rat because yeah. the chances are you're going to meet them yep. because it's a small area. But in addition to that, there are definitely going to be watchers around the corner so you're going to be forced to team up with these people mm-hmm. you don't know if you can trust them but then there's something worse around the corner and it just... It, or it could be a monster mutant that's it, out in the wilderness. Yeah, or and Without a doubt, like, like all of this shit is going to force decent roleplay. Oh, brilliant. And I just Absolutely. think for me, like... It's like, fuck all the fact that throughout it we were doing funny shit and mm-hmm. pretending to be animals. Yes, yeah. it was funny. Of course it was. But I think that it's best not to advertise that fact on this mm-hmm. podcast because yeah. I think that, that a lot of people are put off because it's silly. No, and there's it's, so much more to it than that. It's yeah. more than just a silly game it where really you pretend is. to be animals. It's like the things you don't even think about. It's like, um, you know, you've got this party that's if, the, if, if your players have decided to pick different animals, you then put this party together. But then the party wouldn't be together but they, like normally because they're mm-hmm. different tribes so like say for argument's sake you've got a dog like you said before that's not trusted and the dog then through, through a mission has to go to for argument's sake the rat tribe now the rat tribe might hate dogs 
So even though they're part of the party and they're on the good side, the rat's own tribe won't trust the dog, even though he knows the dog's a good guy. Mm-hmm. And then he's got to explain to his tribe why he's brought a dog into his tribe. Yep. And it's fascinating because it can just really spiral off from that. And that to me, yeah, that just, I think that summarises my experience as a player mm. and why I like this game so much was that I felt like on the role-playing side, it did it so well and not with, like without it having to be a mechanical yeah, thing. Yeah, totally. That, that was why it was so fantastic. And what about for you as a DM? Did it? How, how did it feel to to DM this game? It felt amazing. It's 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 so cool because obviously I'm lucky enough to have a good group of, that I play with. That is, you know, I think we're all pretty decent role players. Like some some of the games that we play. Like I've always said from the beginning of this podcast that for me, role playing is the biggest element of of RPG obviously I love it all but I do for me the, the the most fun I have is the role playing of it and some of the role playing scenes that I've had from these guys over the, from this setting has been brilliant it's like just being able to have a chat and be like anyway I know and just throwing an animal noise in there like subconsciously you start doing it without realising or like we was doing a thing where different tribes are do- actually have different dialect- dialects as well so the reptile tribe are all northerners which yeah, is great yeah. Like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And it's like when I met my brother we um in the game, I was searching for for ages. I, I was, I was like, Marina, is that you?" And he was, he was like, "Yeah, fucking hell, I'm man!" Back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was oh, just like, "I've man. seen you in ages." And then it was like, um, yeah, we had, uh, what was it? You were doing like voices for the moose and the bear and all of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And all different, you know, it's all different and you can really just build on what's already in the book. But what um, did you feel about the um, materials that were available? Because you bought, um, you the book was uh, was packed full of stuff, wasn't it? Oh, God, yeah. So, yeah, the book, I mean, the book's got, the book's huge. For st- I mean, it's not huge, but the book's a decent size. You get... Uh, it's meaty. It's a meaty-sized book and it's all, the artwork's incredible. We spoke about the artwork before. It's one of the best art. Uh, in a book I've seen for a long time it's really comic booky um, but just really well done and um, but then you've also got there's lots of supplementary uh, stuff for it you've got these compendiums which are like more stuff if you want it and you bought a map as well yeah the map I think it's intended to, to, to be either used as a poster or as something to lay down on the table to use as a map. Yeah, it's cool, because you've got one side is the full world map, which is also in the inside of the book, um, but then also on the other side of it, it's got the um, the artwork for every single um, tribe. So if you're explaining what tribe you go to, and say, look, it's an, it, it, from what you can see, it looks like an abandoned, um, well, it's a ski resort or whatever. Um, you can flip it over and you can show a picture of it and everyone get a good idea for it. And you were playing, uh, you were running us through a pre-made adventure from the book. Yes, yeah, so... Did th- you feel like that was easy to run, or... Or did you feel like you had to read stuff over and over to get it? Because I've 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 run pre-made shit before that I find impossible to to cling on to. For example, I feel like a lot of Call of Cthulhu adventures are uh, at least um, old Call of Cthulhu mm-hmm. adventures are t- uh, not terribly written, but they're they're quite hard to grasp what the fuck is going on. No, see, I I not at all. See, with this, what the way it sets it out for the story is because, like you said, it's quite a confined story. Being it, being that you were all prisoners, mm. so it's like it's, you know you can do loads within that world, but at the same time you can never go any further at the, when the game starts off at the time because obviously you're in prison you're trying to break out of this whole place so the way it does it is it gives you key events I see and the rest you fill in yourself oh okay so um, is it like so for example at the beginning it says the camp gets raided so I'll give you um, yeah so yeah and, exactly. then, and then we met this guy called Ringo who took us over to an abandoned uh, crashed helicopter which is where the um, 
where the resistance were were operating from. So does it say Ringo will direct the party to this helicopter? To the helicopter where you'll meet the boss and then you'll talk about your first mission, which is the EMP. Mm. But then the next key event will be, it will say in the book, um, by this time you would have done a lot more of your own operations, this, that and the other. And then once you've got a feel, say, for the world, this event will do this. Okay, okay. And you work it in like that. And then there's there's an overarching story for everything, but obviously it doesn't have to go through the events. But if you do do them with each event, it makes the story beautiful because it all builds well, up to this huge kind of that's fantastic man. thing yeah. I, I like that so it keeps mm-hmm. it open as yeah. well yeah. but it gives you, I, th- I feel like that gives you enough um, you have a spine and you fill it up with the rest of it you have a spine you're putting the meat on you put all the meat on that spine well obviously James played quite a lot of it with us so what do you think James yes Okay, good. Good input. Um, I mean, he's, he's really got to step his game up I'm worried right. about his hosting uh, ability um, no Oh, all, right. all right, Jesus, Jesus. calm down, Jesus. Jesus. All right, calm down. But anyway, staff these days. Yeah, I just think, and I, I, I do want to get my hands on this. I've got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm slacking. You know, I, I, this but is. But what one do you want? What do you mean? Out of the three that are available, well, I, I honestly generally have appeals to me the yeah, most. But I, I, I do like the look of Tales from the Loop. Me too. Mechatron's. To be honest be with you, I, I've got to look more into Tales from the Loop um, as to what the actual law mm-hmm. is like, because that whole kids investigating shit because the adults don't believe them. I've looked into a little bit of it. I've got to be honest with me. That that to me, I don't really. I don't know what what's unique about that. Well, the, the way it works is quite cool. Is, is, is it, I, I've read a little bit into it. It's like you've got two like research facilities. You can either run it in America or you can run it in Sweden, I believe. Oh, and sweet! They live they live in this kind of town. You know, like the CERN uh, CERN research. Facility oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's something. It's, I think it's a little bit something like that. And then they're the local kids that live either on the research facility or in the surrounding areas. And something happens, and I think stuff starts getting pulled out from other dimensions and things like that. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, so, and they're obviously kids. It's like the Goonies meets Stranger Things, and you're dealing with kind of cosmic monsters or like huge robots that are getting pulled out from other dimensions. I think. Don't. That's, yeah, I'm I mean, only, we want to be careful. I mean, it. oh, this is, we're going to have another big feedback. Oh, well, that's what we're hoping one. for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's say more shit we don't know anything about. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's realistically, I guess that is it for. Um, Gen Lab. Yeah, well, I. Go check I think, it out, man. I mean, we have really sucked its dick, haven't we? I mean, yeah, big but time. It, Jesus Christ, it is good though. It is I love really it. good. I would recommend the, it to anybody. I, I guess the biggest crime that we've done is we made the die system sound a bit unelegant, but it's so hard to describe without doing it. Exactly. It's I've described it to all my friends and been like, "It's so brilliant, it's so elegant, but it's so it's so hard difficult. to explain. It's so difficult. Yeah, it so really is. It works amazingly. Mm-hmm. It is like to me I, when I first did it, I was like, "This is beautiful." This yep. is, to me, it was the it was like when I first first sat down and played Savage Worlds and I had this, had this moment where I was like fucking hell like yeah. this to me was like it's, it's genius mm-hmm. it's genius yeah. it, it genuinely is and I was just like holy fucking shit I fucking get the quick start rules or some shit and read it and yes. we haven't done a good job of explaining the dice rules they're hard to explain without making it sound complicated but they are they are genius they are yeah. genius it's true yep yeah, um, but it's it's an amazing game, Gen Lab Alpha. Check it out. I mean, if you've got a- any passing interest in Mutant Year Zero or any of the modifious shit that people are into at the moment, check it the fuck out. Don't think it's stupid just because it's Aminals. It's brilliant. It's brilliant, and it's yeah. different to what you've had ever probably ever played before. Like, yeah, n- kind of. <laughs> gonna bleep that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Thank you, James. <laughs> All right, we'll end that segment now. Perfect. Welcome to the Chamber of Challenges. Chamber of Challenges. The Chamber of Challenges. Chamber of Challenges.
The Chamber of Challenges. <laughs> yeah, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Chamber of Challenges. I think what I'll do is I'll do my one first because I think Nick, you've got something quite special for us. <laughs> so I'm going to do my one first. Um, I'm going for a classic. I'm going for Dragon or Blagon. Yes, because... it's back. Exactly. So. Ladies and gentlemen, Dragon or Blagon is a um, segment where I do a quiz where I make up a bunch of shit about an RPG, and you've got to try and discern what is the shit and what isn't. And why, ladies and gentlemen, am I stalling for time? Oh, I'll tell you why. It's because I can't find the quiz on my phone where I wrote it down. Um, uh, <laughs> okay, I found it. Almost. So, um, yeah, recently I've uh, played Dungeon Call Classics, mm -hmm. which to me was another revelation. Yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah. that game is good. Cracker. Oh my god! It it, re it really really um, streamlines you know the the fantasy genre and D and D and stuff like this. It's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It really is. But it also um, sort of brings back a lot of the uh, the classic silliness of, of old school adventures, and uh, that's why I've sort of picked it for today's Dragon or Blagon quiz. Mm. So, Dungeon Crawl Classics um, has some pretty wacky adventure names. You know, yeah. We played. We played intrigue at the court of chaos. You got me uh, oh, God, Moon Slaves of the Cannibal it. Kingdom for my birthday. <laughs> so, yeah. question one: Pick the fake adventure name. Okay. All of these are real except for one. So, pick the fake one: mm -hmm. The Slithering Overlord, Revenge of the Rat King, Return of the Witcherlocks, The Scaly God, The Crypt of the Devil Lich. <sighs> I'm gonna go for the Scaly God. Rongo. Oh no! It was Return of the Witcherlocks. <laughs> Good one. Nice one okay, Jace. the next one in uh, Dungeon Call Classics, as you know, uh, wizards. Um, if if they you know go through the right set of circumstances, or if you're an elf, you will have a patron that mm -hmm. um, helps you with your magical abilities. Yep. Now. These are magical beings um, that, you know, as I said, help you with magic. So, mm -hmm. I want you to pick the fake patron. All of these are real, but one. Bobugbabils. Mm-hmm. Sezrakan. Mm-hmm. The King of Elfland. Spacus Sand Giant of the Wastes. Or Yidgril, the World Root. I think it's the, um... Oh, the third one. So, what was the third one again? The King of Elfland. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately not you're no, wrong right. <laughs> you're wrong again it, it was Spacus Sand Giant of the Wastes <laughs> oh man Spacus <laughs> I think you should have of known of course <laughs> what an idiot I didn't even think about that oh, Spacus oh god <laughs> oh, wow. don't write in about that one no it's not offensive no. um next up obviously you know that um, this game has some pretty wacky uh, spell names in it too yeah so uh, once again pick the uh, fake spell name Magic Mouth, Mortal Runic Alphabet, Demonic Gigantic House, Ermicol's Entropic Maelstrom, Nithul's Porcupine Coat. Nithul's Porcupine Coat. Unfortunately, no! <laughs> sorry, wrong oh again. My God. It was it was Demonic Gigantic House. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, next up. As you know, in uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics, uh, uh, race and class are one in the same, just mm -hmm. like back in the old D&D, back in the 70s and 80s. Now, pick the fake class. Munchkin, halfling, elf, warrior, cleric. Munchkin. You're right on that one. You He's, got got one. One. He's got See, one. He's got one. See, I threw an easy one in there for you. 
Hey. All right. This one. This last one's a hard one. Though. On. This one's a hardy. Tom Hardy. <laughs> okay. So yeah, Dungeon Crawl Classics has some pretty crazy monsters in it too. Mm-hmm. I got the classics in there too, but it's got some crazy ones. So I need you to pick the fake monster. Minor Toad Fiend, Cave Octopus, Elder Brain, Dimensional Sailor, or Spectacular Gargoyle. <laughs> I mean, they're all pretty crazy, aren't they? <laughs> I really like Elder Brain. Um, oh, spectacular! But which one's the fake one? Which one did I make up? Spectacular gargoyle. Spectacular gargoyle. Correct, mate. Yes, Elder Brain is a thing. Yeah, and di- and dimensional sailor. Yeah, that's cool. Isn't I w- I'll try and find the artwork for you, but it is nuts. It's 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 literally so like a, a sailor, and he's on top. He's like sitting on top of a, like the front of a ship, just coming through a portal. Wicked! <laughs> it's, it's amazing. So cool. I'm like, how is that a monster? That's just a bloke. That is so cool. But yeah, so um, well done. You got two out of however many there were. But that is uh, Dragon or Blag in Dungeon Crawl Classics. Amazing. So I'd recommend everyone go and pick that up. It's such a good read, and it's very good to play. Also, I played it once. I absolutely loved it. Me too. I'll be laying awake at night thinking of fucking goblins. Fucking goblins. Fucking goblins. Fucking goblins. Yeah, Nick, you've got a challenge from me, have you I've not? I've got a new challenge that I thought up. I don't know how, if it's going to work or not, but I'm going to. It's, it's basically called uh, Say What You Hear, and it's basically uh, audio charades. <laughs> right, let's So go. I'm going to try and uh, make noises with my mouth that are games, and you have to pick which ones they are if you can work them okay, out. Okay, so you're going to do like first word, second word, or things like this? Uh, yes, exactly. So, or unless they all work together. Okay, so uh, so here's an example. So, this, uh, so I, I sent this one to Harrison earlier in the week and actually he nailed it and it was this and that was uh, of course Call of Cthulhu <laughs> so that gives you an idea of the level of absolute rubbish we're yeah, dealing with here exactly so okay, ready? you ready I'm for ready. this one I'm ready okay Out. go one word first word mm-hmm That's bubblegum crisis. <laughs> yes. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh God. Okay. That cool. is bad. All right. Um, oh no. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get the old James soundboard ready for this one. <laughs> and the next one is. That was the first word. Okay. Second word. What? What? Uh, okay, wait, wait. So the second song was so the MC first... Hammer. And the first was Warhammer. Yes. Warhammer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, shit. Yes. Okay, and the next one is. Yep, one word. First word. Well, this is the same one. This is oh, this is bubblegum shoe, man. That's too easy. <laughs> too easy, right? Too okay. easy. Okay, yeah. And the next one is three words. Yep. First, First word. First word. <laughs> what? Okay. Second word. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? Do the first word again. <laughs> oh, okay, I know where this is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know what this 
it's good. It's Vampire the Masquerade. Yes! Well done. So that was the sound of somebody being bitten. And then yep. the third one was a masquerade. Right? La, la, la. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone masqueraded. Oh, you should see the dancing action that oh, Nick Oh, we should have videoed this one. Oh, right, dear. and one more. Let me find one more. Yes. <laughs> he liked it. Okay, right. And the last one is... Hmm. 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 Ah! Oh my god. No, that's Pathfinder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. So annoying. So annoying. <laughs> it's like somebody's found a path. <laughs> oh. So bad. That is good. Well done. You've done really well. Okay, so I've got all of them. <laughs> That's pretty good. That was a good one. Oh, God. oh dear. Brilliant. You should give me out to get some sound effects out of that. Well, let's see what James oh. thinks of that anyway. James, what's your opinion on that? No. Oh. Okay. Oh. You sure? Yes. Oh, what? <laughs> Fine. Credit card? You got it. <laughs> oh, oh, now it's a chamber of challenges. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Who am I thanking? In a land far beyond your imagining, adventure waits. And down beneath you will find things that you never dreamed of seeing. Goblins, orcs, treasures, mountains of gold. Will you be brave enough to delve deep and beat the final boss of the dungeon? This is Adventure Calls. Available for $49.99.99. Available at all good retailers. Yo, so this is Adventure Calls. And we know that doing prank calls are for pathetic children. Silly people. But luckily, you've got two of those people here now and so we're going to do two prank calls now for you now yep yes and um, we've got two very special ones because what I did is I pretended to be a rapping wizard and I first of all called the BBC Radio London BBC London hello um, yes BBC I believe I will be taking the job sorry I will be taking the job I can't understand what you're saying. It's not very clear. Sorry, um, it's just I'm an entertainer and I believe that uh, you require entertainers at the BBC and I will um, be taking a job at the BBC. Okie doke. I'm a, both a, a wizard and a rapper. Fine. So let me lay down some tasty licks for you. Oh, no, thank you. No, wait. I'm the best wizard this planet's ever seen. Learned every fucking spell at level 17. I've got okay, a staff, no I'm need for a... So- s- sorry? In the middle of a live radio program at the moment, so I can't really take a call on this. Okay. Um, but thank you very much. To all the people out there, I just want to say, believe in yourself. Don't let people put you down. If you want to be a wizard, be a wizard. Okay, all right? Lovely. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that's that one. <laughs> and sec- second of all, second of all, I then called up Channel Four, trying to be a program about a wizard rapper. Good afternoon, you see Channel Four for your inquiries. How can I help you? Hello. Um. Yes. Hi. You are on an entertainment network, are you not? Yes. Well. Prepare to be entertained, madam, because I am both a wizard and a rapper, and I believe that I... 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 <coughs> ah, sorry, a lot of sputum. Um, I believe that I will be entertaining your fans for years to come, so listen to my raps. Tasty licks I shall be laying down. Okay? Um, sir? Are you ready? Well, sir, I'm not really 
absolutely sure. Luba. I can assist you. You know, if you're interested in taking part in a program, there's information available on the Channel 4 website. No, I wish not to take program. part in a program. I wish to be a program. Oh, right, okay. Well, in that case, we would suggest contacting independent production companies. We don't actually make the programs ourselves, but if you contact what? there's a website, Pact, Shit. and they list independent production companies, and then um, you can share your idea with them and get it developed further, maybe. Well, could I just do one rap at you now? If you would like to. Okay. I'm the best wizard this planet's ever seen. Learned every fucking spell at level 17. I've got a staff, no need for a sword. Flick of the wrist, I kill a goblin horde. My motherfucking spells are the motherfucking shizzle. Prismatic spray, never use magic missile. Only ever conjure the coolest kind of shit, like a sexy woman with really big IQ. See what I did there? Show some respect, I'm the king of the wizards. Punch you in the nuts, crushing hand to your gizzards. I wear a cool robe just like Eddie Izzard. If you have a problem, you'll be a fucking lizard. You better make sure that I'm never fucking triggered. And, and so on. What did you think? Thank you very much. Is it your sort of jam? I guess so. I've never heard it before, but I... Well, no, because it's original, I wrote it. So when do you finish work, Debbie? Sorry? When do you finish work, Debbie? I'd like uh, to I'd take like you for a pint of... Hmm. Well, would you like to go for a pint of Grimble with a wizard? I wouldn't be able to do that, sir. What? Hello? No, why? Have I not wooed you significantly? <laughs> Unfortunately not, sir. You heartless wench. <laughs> You've broken this <laughs> wizard's heart! Is there anything else I can do for you today? Apart from break my heart! Oh, I'm sorry. Well, goodbye! Feel free to contact um, that website that I mentioned earlier, um, yeah. and hopefully they can help you. <laughs> okay. Okay, have Thank a good you. day. Goodbye. And that's that one. <laughs> good one. Yeah, Thank I you agree. very much, James. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, that was uh, it's hard being a rapping wizard isn't it Nick it really is mate it's, I think, it's, it's tough life out there so um, yeah believe in yourself that's what that's the message of this show that means that I hope that we've educated people no we haven't no, never, no never, never it's never, never going to happen never gonna, but we try but we try but we try but it's not it ain't going to happen never uh, ain't going to happen get, it, get out of here in the future you will be able to send a letter from anywhere on the planet this is the future this is the Electro Letter. So this is Electro Letters where we read out your mail from the internet. And uh, this week we asked you to send in your angry memories. Mm, you make me so mad. Yeah, get vent it out. Come on, children. It's time to get those. You just has a release. Exactly, because you can't keep it all bottled up. What was the things in your RPGs that made you the most furious? What was those things that you bottled up all these years that you just needed to get out there yep. because it made you RPG mad? RPG mad. Okay, your first one comes in from the big Richard Walcock, and he says, How about splat books that are filled with stereotypes and caricatures, like the World of Darkness Gypsies book, or geographical guidebooks written by somebody who clearly hadn't done any research? You could find posts from people ranting about those. Savage Worlds has the ultimate character guide, which suggests giving atheists a minus four charisma and delusional as a ma major hindrance. <laughs> I didn't know that. Wow. 
Well done, Savage Worlds. Delusional, because you're an atheist. I, I, uh, do you think, I um, think that's an insult. Yeah, do you think maybe the person who wrote that might have been a big old religious... Bible butt basher. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Although what you've just said there is offensive. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I have to cut that out. Uh, no, it's all right. I won't. <laughs> no, but, I mean... I well, do... So, because I'm an atheist, I get a minus four charisma. <laughs> that's pretty funny, though. How does that work out? Well, I guess, no, because you know that I think maybe the person that wrote that was one of those guys that was one of those Christians that's, you know, praise the Lord! Yeah, an evangelical. Because if anything, those guys, they get like minus, like plus a million. hundred charisma, yeah. I'll saw in the You are healed, motherfucker! This house is clean! So, yeah. I dare. No, I, that is pretty bad, though. Delusional. I mean, yeah, and uh, I, I know what he says about the old, the old stereotypes. I mean, the thing is, people... For years, right? For years, I've been saying that all dwarves are alcoholics, and they're not. Because I've met one. I used to work with a guy <laughs> who was a um, I don't know what they like to be called, a little person. Oh no, this is awful. But the point is, is that um, Charlie, if you're listening, you're a great guy. You're a great and guy, he, man. And he wasn't into his booze. So the point is, it's wrong, wrong. <laughs> And they don't all live in mines. Right. And they don't all have beards. Right. <laughs> right. So, write this down. Leave it out. Leave it out, mate. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, and we've got one in from an anonymous listener. Ooh. And Anon says, I was playing a game of cyberspace in my early teens, and the GM said my character had been drugged and wanted to rape some random NPC. Oh, nice. Wow. I refused. He insisted that I had no choice, and the game stopped while I got into a big argument about it. Eventually, I described my character pulling out his gun and shooting himself in the foot. <laughs> <laughs> the NPC was terrified and ran away, and my character couldn't catch her with one foot blown off. The GM took away some of my XP for bad role playing. I told him I didn't care, and we never mentioned the incident again. Wow, that's weird. That GM man, that was a big old mistake there. I mean, what? You can't what? take people's ex XP away. Can he was trying to get somebody get to... rapey. I don't want to. He was trying to forcibly get a character to rape another character. That's weird. What the fuck, mate? That is mental. That is mental. Yeah, that is really weird. When I heard this um, from Anon, I, I was honestly just like, this person sounds like a nutter. Yeah. It, a a grade A nutter. I wonder if he escalated from there. That, yeah, I know. I really <laughs> hope not. I really hope not. I mean, was he playing with Byron Hall, the writer of Fatal? I mean... <laughs> now you got raper for real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Jesus, crazy. Wow, thanks, Anon. Next up, we got one in from Owen Lean. Oh, yeah, he Mr. Lean up. He says, the angriest an RPG ever got me. So in Werewolf... Actually, I'm not going to do this whole thing in that voice. No, this is a what... <laughs> no, this is a longie. Oh, yeah. So he says, so in Werewolf, the apocalypse, they have a system called Renown. Your power level is locked by how much Renown you have, and your actions determine whether you gain or lose it. I was playing a Werewolf in a Werewolf LARP in London that shared was one of six venues, including Mage, Mortals, Camarilla, Sabat, and Mummies. Well, due to one almighty cock-up, can't remember exactly what, but I think it all came down to a few of my mates doing something evil for the bants. <laughs> the world was being taken over by the Weaver, and all magical beings were doomed. This obviously didn't sit well with all the fuzzies. <laughs> 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 nor the other venues for that matter. One other player decided to reverse the Weaver influence. We could create Big Cairn Wolfie Den thing in the heart of London. So all six venues converge and for seven hours we all duked it out with the forces of evil. Unfortunately in the first round one mage fired off all spells to neutralise the enemy's magic which in doing so destroyed all the werewolf fetishes. <laughs> <laughs> As in our cool equipment, not our S&M tendencies. Those were safe. So round one, and we've lost a large amount of our goob. 
Is that a spelling error? Goob. <laughs> not the goob. You have to call that goob, you bastard. <laughs> yeah, not the goob. <laughs> the next seven hours were a meat grinder. Oh, wave God. after wave of crazy bad guys. Us all playing multiple characters. Several characters died. Emotions were high. The stakes were apocalyptic. Ooh. Then we got to the end. The final scissor paper stone challenge to create the can. And the caster failed. So we aren't letting that happen. So the rest of us who could threw all our luck related goob at them. Some of which... What is goob? <laughs> Some of which meant we had to sacrifice large amounts of XP and ting. Then they succeeded. The can begins to form. A greater totem spirit is summoned, and then, just as it appears, a massive building erupts from the floor, destroying the can and tearing the totem apart. Oh dear. As spiritual blood rained down upon a sorted world of darkness supernaturals, one guy did some magic thing to find out what happened. Turns out that one of the players, who was secretly an exalted, apparently cast some random spell a few rounds back, which it transformed the ritual and turned into something called a manse. Good news was that apparently this was enough to save the world. Bad news was that because of the dead fetishes, and even dead a totem, every werewolf present lost a shit ton of renown, and all lost permanent rank. This was the fifth time in recent memory that overall, we'd find good but the werewolf goddess Gaia had curbed stomped us for not living up to her impossible standards. It was at this point my character came to the conclusion that Gaia was completely batshit crazy, suicidally depressed and wanted to lose. <laughs> Thus the only way we could save the world was to kill her. I spent the next month between games planning how I was going to do it, only to be incinerated by taking a technocratic nuclear warhead to the bonds in the first five minutes of the next <laughs> game. <laughs> So yeah, that made me mildly peeved, I guess. That's nuts, man. So yeah, I mean, what I liked uh, was when they were trying to make this fucking can and the, and somebody summons a mansion out of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. That Crazy. sounds insane. Crazy. Um, your game is insane. Uh, right. We got one in from Manuel Sams as well. Yep, Manuel Sams says, uh, Sadly, I can't remember the name of the game. Spycraft, maybe. But back in school, we played a modern spy game. I was playing the driver... We were shadowing a target. I rolled a driving check. I crit fouled. The GM looked up the critical foul tables. Long story short, I flipped and totaled my tricked out spy car while 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 tailing a target at 40 miles per hour. I literally rage quit that game. That's just that seems like a fairly normal crit fail to me. But, but he mean, was at school, so he, he's yeah, he must have been. Yeah, he's, he's just like no, not my car. Threw his dice. Quit. Nacht my car. No, that means nine. nine. My <laughs> car. Nine. Mine car. Mine an auto. <laughs> Mine an auto. Oh, I don't man. know if that's right. Um, sorry if it's not. <laughs> but yeah, that oh. sucks, man. I, I, I just picture a little man well going nine, nine. But no, do you know what? I, I do understand, because it says here that he's, he's tricked out Spike Art. Yeah. So I wonder if he spent a long time building that up. Mate, look at us when the GURP ship got destroyed. We were pretty pissed. But you didn't rage quit. But no. then you weren't kids. So that's true. To be fair, yeah, I mean, if he spent a long time building it up, I understand. But I think in Spycraft, you get a lot of points to buy um, spy equipment at the beginning of the game. See? I've never played it. I've no. never read it. So I am talking up my ass here. But <laughs> right I do, now. But I, as, as far as I recall from hearing stories about it. So cool. I don't know. I, I, imagine if it was five minutes into the game and he only oh, just got it. And he rage quit. He was like, yeah. no, this is a stupid game. I've got to come. <laughs> Why are we doing this race? my cucumbers with me. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, Manuel. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Um, and he's got a question for us. Oh, um, yes. But we'll save that till the end. Yeah. Um, so we got one from Matthew Imaginary Truth Jones. He mm -hmm. says, the angriest moment for me was my first critical hit in 3.5 Pathfinder. Um, GM let us use D&D 3.5 but was technically running Pathfinder same thing isn't it? I rolled I rolled 20 and was ready to do two times damage or whatever the crit on my weapon was and the GM was like okay now verify the crit 
Needless to say, my verify failed and I only did normal damage. I was not happy. Oh now, Nick, this is a rule uh, we've never actually come up with in Pathfinder because we do not use the original crit rules because they suck, they're dumb, and they're shit. Fair enough. So basically, what it, what it is is you're supposed to verify your crit. What? So here's how. So it's not good enough for rolling yeah, a crit. So, so this is pretty funny oh. because we've never ever done this. So you're just making me angry. Yeah. So you're supposed to. We the way we do it is. Um, you roll, uh, you roll double damage mm-hmm. if you if you score a twenty it, yeah. or whatever the crit range on your weapon yeah. is, be it eighteen between eighteen and twenty mm-hmm. or twenty or whatever. Usually, what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. is roll a twenty, right? Let's say you get a crit and you get a twenty, yeah. and that's your 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 crit, right, on your weapon. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to re-roll, and then if you hit over their AC, then you get the crit. Obvious edit. That's crap. Yeah, that's so, crap. Yeah, it sucks. So yeah, we never use it. So I I understand he he was he poor was Matthew. About that. Yeah, mate, that's awful. And then he's got a question as well. So we'll save that for yep. after the angry memories. Okay, so the last one then, and this one's in from the the best the best name out there, Conran Conran Conran. Sorry, I can't say. I the can't best say name out there is Conrad Erasmus Newbert, and Conrad comes in with uh, I was angry that my D and D three point five bard was bad at everything: Fl- fighting, bluffing, helping others, social stuff, all various skills. Always there was someone who did a better job at it. Or the bard's achievements were almost inconsequential. I never played a bard again. Oh, this was kind of a running. Loves playing a bard. Mm, no, it's kind of well. It's kind of a running joke during the three point five days that bards were utterly useless. Really, um, it, you know, there, there were people out there that that tried to play them in clever ways. I mm-hmm. mean, we heard the story of um, Eli's bard, who, oh, God, who was, yeah. who was well, like you know proper tight and yeah. stuff like this. But but the thing about him was the the way that Eli accidentally min maxed him. Yeah, was really cool. Yeah. You know, he he put everything into doing his sword tricks, and he was unbelievably impressive. At, um, just impressing. He got away with murder, but yeah, just by being he was just super like, impressive. Yeah, exactly. super char- char- charismatic. And you see that that's just something that you don't see coming, and that's a DM creating an interesting story because he realised that perhaps this bard wasn't good at anything except that one thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a known thing that D&D 3.5 bards were kind of shite. Oh, man. Um, their buffs were okay, um, maybe in very late game, but early game, it was kind of like, um, you know, uh, again, I'm, I'm recalling this from memory, but early game, it was things like, Oh, um, you know, you sing a song and then you everyone gets plus one on their attack rolls for one round. And it's like, yeah, thanks, but I'm doing all right. <laughs> I don't need it, mate. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it it, realistically, it's just like, <laughs> so re- you're not actually turning the tides of battle that much right, gotcha. to the point where it's okay, but it's just so not worth the time and effort. So have you're that as like, your entire class. Yeah, imagine playing that for 16 levels before it gets oh, good. Oh, wow, How yeah. fucking yawn. Watch out, guys. I'm coming in again with another plus one. You're just like, keep it to yourself, mate. No one wants it. So if anyone's ever read the comic Order of the Stick, which was based on D&D 3.5, the mm-hmm. bard in that was the joke character, <laughs> and he didn't get good until he multiclassed and became a swashbuckler. Ah, uh, well, and yeah. And then he was <laughs> that, That's awesome. cool, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, pretty awesome. Um, but, yeah, I totally get it, Conrad. I, I, I feel your pain but yeah kind of a joke fair enough okay um, so let's go we, back to the questions we've got the questions so yep. the first one from Manuel Sams he says there's a burglar breaking into your house you only have access to your RPG shelf how do you defend yourself against them Nick you said burger I said burglar 
Oh, I heard burger in my head, so I just pictured like maybe I'm Mayo McCheese coming in <laughs> through the window. Maybe something. maybe I'm hungry. Maybe I'm hungry. Yeah, maybe. Uh, what maybe. would I throw? My biggest book I own. Uh, what would it be? Which would probably have to be. Oh shit! That's a good question. I think it's either going to be Warhammer. Or... Soft cover, though, mate. Soft cover. That's true. Oh shit! I would have to launch um, Call of Cthulhu, Cthulhu at it then. Yeah, because you've got, got, new, you've got a seventh edition with the hardcover. Yeah. See, mine's uh, mine's easy, man. No um, brainer, mate. The Dungeon Crawl Classics. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's the biggest thrill fucking wall with that. I could, yeah, I could probably level a building with that <laughs> yeah, one. Mate. I mean, how, how many pages is it? And it's, it's got, got an angry looking wizard on the spine. Look at that. It's got like a guy with some sort of 70s trousers on the back. Love it. So, um, yeah, you can do some damage is... with that. I think it's 400, say, if I'm right. It might uh, be more. Yeah, it is 400 and... 70 pages wow. of goodness. Wow. And uh, it's fucking massive and it's hardcover. So, yeah, I'm trying to whack on my shelf here. I sound like a fat guy. Why didn't you steal all the loot from that house? I don't know, man. He threw a giant wizard book at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some sort of nerd book. <laughs> Killed me. Blinded me. Um, so, then we've got uh, another question from Matthew Jones. Mm-hmm. And he says, do you think players should have to solve puzzles on their own or do they have to roll for it to, dem- to-, to determine if their character can solve it? So, no, mate. Solve it on their own. I Yeah, I mean, but... It, uh, it does depend though doesn't it sometimes sometimes yeah. if it's a very very small minor puzzle uh, yeah then then it's if it's something like what was that guy called that we spoke to earlier yeah yeah yeah, yeah. then fine roll intelligence but if it's like you're in a dungeon and you're doing a puzzle I think the players should solve it as their characters uh-huh. but, but solve it themselves if that makes sense yeah absolutely so for example like the password thing the other day Exactly. I mean, I mentioned that earlier in this podcast where I, I th- yeah, I got them to solve it because mm-hmm. where's the fun in rolling to solve it? And I say, yeah, you remember it's this password because then that, then it's not a puzzle, is it? Mm-mm, it's no. not a puzzle. You're not actually You're puzzling just it out, hoping in that your dice will roll well. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah. For for an example, I mean, there. If you read Alice in Wonderland, the book, mm-hmm. um, Lewis Carroll was like really, really fond of uh, of puzzles and there are a lot of puzzles in that book Mm -hmm. but it's not quite as fun reading the story of somebody solving puzzles yeah I know what you mean and so if you were just saying yeah your character he moves this block into place and then moves it into place but you're just saying it because they did a roll what's the fucking point you want to to play a game well if I touch this then you're like nothing happens he's like what if I move this then I let the door open I think the characters should try and solve it but as their character so if they're a little bit thick they do stupid things I'm going to put poo in it yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that's more fun. I think we, during our Dungeon Call Classics game the other day, we and again, of, it, and it, it pushes great roleplay. Yes, we we kind of had that where um, there was this room I remember that had uh, rainbow coloured potions in oh, it, yeah, right? Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. part of the part of the puzzle was that they had to drink them in the correct color uh, color order. That's now it, yeah. in in England, we're taught Roy Begive, right? Yeah, R O Roy Begive B G whatever Bidibid. anyway the point is Roy Begiv yeah. but I guess in America they're taught Roy Gabiv <laughs> right so this was the big sticking point of the puzzle remember yeah, because yeah. They, they got it pretty much straight up but they were trying to put them in the order just place the potions in the order mm-hmm. when That's actually it. you had, you to, had drink to drink them, them in the right and order. if you drunk them if you didn't bad things happened to you yes if you if you didn't yeah weird shit would happen to you like mm-hmm. you'd grow 8 feet tall but your actual body mass wouldn't be able to support you like <laughs> your <laughs> yeah you'd, you just crinkle over like a big yeah. s- thing of paper but yeah. then the characters were just doing all sorts of crap See, yeah. Sean's character was really smart yeah. so his character didn't do anything he just sat back and let all the dumb ones do all their dumb shit and then when he'd come up with a solution 
he just stood forward and confidently he did his solution. Time, didn't he? Yeah. Now, now the solution was to drink them all in the correct order, or at least ingest them all in the correct order. Mm-hmm. So, but the the book didn't say anything about drinking them all at the same time. In actuality, you realistically would have kind of drunk them all in the, the right order because that kind of makes sense. So mm-hmm. yeah, he just he waited for everyone to do all their dumb shit and then he just drank them all at the same time. Puzzle solved. <laughs> Done. Yeah, but brilliant. that was cool because he he role played it like his character. Would. He stood yeah. back, he... waited for an opportunity, and he did it. Mm-hmm. But normally, normally, if it was him, if it was Sean doing it, he would have just um, barged in and tried a bunch of shit. Yeah, but he wasn't because it was his character. He was playing true to his character. Exactly. Yes. So I think yeah, I think the way that I, I think the way that I would do it is get the players to solve it, but I think I would get them to solve, try to encourage them to solve it in character. As in character, exactly. Don't talk about what they think will happen out of character because it's like a tech talk in it. But like you said, you know, this is really happening. This is right now. You're doing this right now, especially if it's time sensitive. Yes. So like you yes. can't you can't pause the game and have a quick chat about it. It's like what would what would they just stand? Your characters just stand there and go quiet while you have an out of game chat. Yeah, totally, totally. So no, yeah, totally agree with you, mate. Very good question, mate. Mm-hmm. Thank um, you very much. That's it for the letters this yeah, week. Yeah, um, Thank you very much for sending them all in. Yes, very good. And I really liked your angry stories. No, actually we did have one more but oh, I, don't, right. I don't know what it meant that's the trouble that's <laughs> oh, the trouble okay. we did have one more um, one more letter come in and it was from Owen Lean right yeah right yeah uh, he said um, also as a question what do you think is the best system for a realistic play yourself setting oh blimey what does that mean as in play me, me play Nick you play Harrison I suppose. why why would you do that I don't know I don't know what I, I, that can't mean that can it can it mean know. that could it play is it, yourself is it? Should we try and get him to clarify? If he answers right now... Um, just put, what do you mean? Okay, I'm going to put, what do you mean? <laughs> I've just put that, right. Um, what do you mean, play yourself? Play yourself. Does he... Yeah, I mean, hope it's not a masturbatory thing. Because <laughs> if it is, Owen, you're filthy. You're a filthy monster. <laughs> monster, you. No, I, uh, I've been chatting to Owen for quite some time online, and I get the feeling that he's not a filthy monster. But no. you know, you never know. You never know, mate. You never know. He never could be. Know, mate. Um, no, he's not responding, so we're not going to answer that one. Sorry, Owen. We Sorry, don't know mate. what you mean. And uh, we really enjoyed your angry stories. Mm. I like those. I, yeah, I was too. hoping for like more, like more angry stories, but I thought it was really good the ones that people sent in. But I thought that people were going to get some real bile about. Well, I was going like, to say angry at DMs. Well, we will continue this. Maybe we could continue to say like, send us your angry out of game but game related stories. So when you've like kicked the coke can over or stormed out of the house like Matt, like Manuel did or something like that, or beaten up your DM, <laughs> <laughs> just pulled him over. His screen yeah you can get yeah. you can keep it anonymous you can keep yeah. it anonymous if, if you've got a story about when you literally uh, did, did a crime don't worry about we it. will add on you yeah. don't you worry yeah we'll take it we'll take, we'll it, take it we'll take it yeah you'll be fine so if you want to send them in to us why don't you send them in at um, tabletopswats at, at gmail.com. gmail.com yeah thank you very much and with that let's get to the fucking outro mate yeah see ya as in that I'm Alan Rickman és amikor épp nem a galaxis mentem meg Tabletop Twats hallgatok. So, if you thought, wow, what a show, I want to get in touch with those sexy, sexy guys, then why don't you? And you can do that by dropping us an email, which is yes. at... <laughs> All, right, ja- All right, James, you've just cut well, straight yeah, just, in, mate. Just calm down, mate. <laughs> Good one. He's mouthy, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he just won't shut up. No. No, oh, I mean, oh. no, but we are factually correct about that. Yes. All right, cheers. Fine. Thank you, fine. You got to be quiet for a little bit? Yes. Thank you. Okay, okay, so if you'd like to send an email to us, why don't you do it? And by doing that, you can do it by sending it to tabletoptwats at gmail.com. Or why not get over to the old Twitter, which is at tabletoptwats? 
or you can go over to the Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash tabletop tea. Mm-hmm. And that's basically all of it, isn't it? Uh, there's one uh, more. Oh, Google Plus. Of course. Just go on there, search for Tabletop Twats, and then send us a message or do whatever. Or you can go to Nerds International Google Plus page. That is a community that we're part of. It's full of really cool guys. Um, one of which being Matthew Stark. Now, he does a blog called The Savage Thoughts of a Barbarian Savage Guy. Thoughts of a Barbarian. Guy, savage, savage. The thing about him is he actually travels back from the past to the future because he's a real barbarian from the barbarian past. Exactly. So, go and check him out. Now, that means that we need to give you a quote, you know, something to keep your brain busy. The brain food, the brain nugget. Exactly, because, you know, when this podcast isn't out, there's there's bugger all else to do. Let's let's be honest. Yeah, you don't want to be scratching up the walls. Exactly. So, why not ponder? So why not ponder on a nice thought, a thought that we can give you. And uh, the thought of the week is going to be, why is clay an acceptable name to give to your kids, but dirt or mud isn't? Hmm. Now, that just leaves one thing to be said. Now, uh, uh, the other day, Nick, I don't know about you, but I was meditating high on the mountains of the Himalaya. Oh, right, yeah. And uh, I actually was meditating for a good three weeks without food or water and uh, I came to some very deep realizations about humanity um, I actually realized when I emptied all the thoughts from my brain I realized that uh, actually we are but one being that actually um, all of us are connected in some way and oh, yeah. you know when uh, when you're about to die and you feel your life flash before your eyes actually mm. it's not just your life it's all our lives all our many lives that we are all connected and we're connected by one thought and that one thought is Chicken McBosh. the Polak space station. Thanks very much, computer. Bring her down uh, around the uh, market area. I want to do a bit of shopping. Understood, Captain. Initiating the landing process. Yeah, yeah, I'm here to refuel my ship and... Actually, you know what? Every time I come to one of your goddamn space stations, you ask me the same damn question. What purpose of your visit and all of this crap? And, and I'm pretty sick of it, you know? I could answer in any way that I want. It doesn't matter. Why, why do you need to know? Why do you government dickheads need to ask me why I'm visiting? I'm visiting to burn the whole space station down. I've got some matches, I'm an arsonist, and I'm here to burn it down. There you go. Now piss off, alright? Yeah, and the same goes for you, you dickhead. Fucking piece of shit. Hey, you, you want to buy space fruit? Uh, n- no, thanks. Um, I'm Excuse right. me, we have uh, books. Low price books, low price. You want to buy books? No, no, I'm fine, thanks. I'm you fine. want to buy uh, movie chips? Movie chips? Yes, we have uh, many movie chips. I'm, I'm listening, I'm listening. What, what you got? We have uh, Space Texas Chainsaw Space Massacre. Mm, nah, seen it. We have Timeline 2817. Good fucking Christ, no. Alright, alright, calm down. It's only movie. No, it's so much worse than that. Anyway, what else? What else? We have uh, this one. It's called The Bonacons and Vagabonds. It's a new movie. Uh, it's very good. Uh, it's... Give, me, give me that hair. Let me have a look. 
Hang on a minute, this is made by the same guys that made Timeland. Get the fuck, get this fucking thing out of my face. Hang on a minute, I recognize that voice. I thought I told you to pit. Whoa! Hello, many officers with many guns. <laughs> Sir, you're in violation of the space law. We've got it down here on this bit of paper that you told my colleague that you wanted to burn the space station down. So now, we're gonna have to arrest you for doing, saying stuff like that or something. Alright, so if you'd please turn around, um, and uh, we'll start arresting you for process. Do, do we start the arresting process? No, you're quite right, officer. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have said that stuff, and, uh, and 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 I completely agree. And on the subject of stuff, I shouldn't do. I shouldn't do this either. Oh fuck! Ah, Jesus Christ! Now what have you done there? Well, I think it's fairly obvious what's happened, isn't it? I was trying to escape, and then I've fallen over this here table, and I've, I've really badly injured myself. So if you just arrest me and and save me the embarrassment of talking about this any further, then then that'd be great. Oh, all right then. Come here. 